Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. How many feathers in our bag? That's how we keep score around here. Sportsmen and women of all skill levels. Let's disconnect from the day-to-day grind and stay connected to the outdoor activities that you and your family love. is the Doug Pike Show, brought to you by Stub Cycles, still rolling strong after 50 years, and by Fishing Tackle Unlimited and Shimano, the best fishing partners you can have. Now, here's Doug Pike. Top of a good Saturday morning to you. Not many clouds looking north, more clouds down toward the south. We've got a little stuff going on down that way, actually. Let me look at the Texas radar. Where did it go? Corrad, is that it? Yes, it is. Oh, no, that's not what I want to see at all. Uh, yeah, I saw a lot of clouds down that way, down south, I guess. Um, where did it go? There it is. There's what I'm looking for. Yeah, there's a little bit of rain. It's kind of a, a sweeping band, if you will. It's moving onshore between... Oh, roughly between here and Lake Charles. Most of it looking like it's west of the Sabine. Um, yeah, so it's just kind of funneling up through extreme east Texas. Otherwise, the only other rain right now in the state of Texas is north of Amarillo. And you can't go very far north of Amarillo without going into Oklahoma or New Mexico. So, yeah. The far extremes, northwest Texas and southeast Texas, everybody else pretty good. Not a whole lot happening around here. There are some clouds, like I said, on the horizon as I drove in this morning. There are some, some interesting-looking clouds, but nothing, uh, nothing at least on this Texas radar look that indicates any rainfall until you get well east of Houston and then all the way over north of New Orleans. There's some stuff. Now, there's a... A big patch of it out in the Gulf of Mexico. And it appears to be trying to find its way here. Hey, but I'm I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on the weather today. It doesn't look like it's going to be too terribly bad. I'll open one more tab here. And I will check the forecast. PM thunderstorms today. That's some of that stuff coming off the Gulf. PM thunderstorms tomorrow. P.M. thunderstorms Monday and Tuesday. Uh, What are the odds that we might not get a drop of rain in the middle of the day somewhere? Or maybe even in the morning. You never know this time of year. Fortunately, now there's one more thing that I always like to check. Where did it go? There it is. It's top of my list. National Hurricane Center. Tropical cyclone activity not expected during the next 48 hours. I love seeing that little text on there. I love it. That's a a breath of fresh air this time of year, is it not? 713-212-5790 is the telephone number. Email me, Doug Pike at iHeartMedia.com. 
Let me see if there's still an opportunity to be first this morning. Yes, there is. Still an opportunity to be the first email. See what's on your mind. I have a, a pretty good list of stuff to bring up today. Uh, in the 8 o'clock hour, straight up 8 o'clock, we'll talk to Jen Nolan. She a kayaker, a professional nonetheless. And we're going to talk a little bit about kayaking, a little bit about the boats. I, I keep bringing this up because until you have experienced kayak fishing, uh, Chris Little in there, he will, he will attest. You're a kayak fisherman, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Love that it. makes two of us in this room. I still haven't put Junior here in a kayak yet. Not a, For the love of me, I don't know why, but we'll get that done soon. So have you been lately? No, not not lately. Oh, I've been meaning to. Uh, been meaning to get out to Chocolate Bayou, just haven't had the chance. Got to stretch those legs again, man. Stretch those paddling arms. Hey, when I'm not working weekends, I'll let yeah, you know. know. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's supposed to be. It, we're, we should have a. We should have a solid attachment in here soon. I would think. Get somebody moving. Is, you think Jackson's going to get it? Is he going to get that? I, I mean, I, I got high hopes. Good. Yeah, I do too. That would be fine. Replace one good person with another good person, and you just keep climbing up the ladder, but get out of the weekends. That wouldn't hurt your feelings, I know. All right, so also during the program, we're going to talk about coral reefs. We're going to talk about red snapper, the season for which is just about to close. Remember how we were going to get a, a practically, a, it seemed like at least, a year-round red snapper? Boy, it was going to be a long, long season going to be 97 days this year here we go boy finally all this work we've done is paid off well on the 22nd of this week or of this month we got the press release says a red snapper in federal waters going to close august 2nd for private recreational anglers uh, doesn't say everybody's closing up just says private recreational anglers so uh, the press release based on current projected landing estimates the private recreational red snapper season in federal waters off the coast. Test, spit it out, Doug. Off the Texas coast will close at 12.01 a.m. August 2nd, earlier than the initially projected 97-day season. <sighs> I'm so surprised, he said sarcastically. Not at all. Now, we, we got better than we've had under federal management. We got better treatment that way, this way than that way. We got a longer season, but not nearly, not nearly what we had hoped. And it all comes, it's closing, there's, there's a quote from Robin Rikers. I know, I've known him for a long time. He's very good at what he does. Coastal Fisheries Division Director for Parks and Wildlife Department. And I quote from Robin Closing the red snapper fishery earlier than expected is a sign that anglers were able to get out in the Gulf early in the season to catch red snapper. An early season closure demonstrates our ability to meet management goals while still giving longer seasons than if we were still in the one-size-fits-all approach across the Gulf, end quote. Yes, that's great. That's good. But I would still like to see uh, somebody, somebody sit down and genuinely address the discrepancy in the value of that resource to recreational anglers, measure that against the value of that resource 
to the commercial anglers. And I'm not trying to take anybody's job away from them as a commercial fisherman, but golly, it seems like so many more people's livelihoods depend on recreational fishing than on commercial fishing. Commercial fishing, one of the hardest things in the world to do as a job. Watch deadliest catch. Now, granted, red snapper fishing in the Gulf of Mexico isn't quite as extreme. I can't I can't say even with a straight face that anybody working a commercial boat in the Gulf of Mexico ever had to chop ice off the gear to continue fishing. It gets rough out there, and those guys get banged around, but doggone. By and large, it's, it's, it's still a tough living, but the resource can't take all of the recreational fishermen and all of the commercial fishing that's allowed. And so the commercial fishermen continue because they have very strong lobbies and the politicians listen. They continue to get what I believe is a little bit more than their share. A little more than their share. I would like to see the quotas redistributed instead of this almost 50-50 that actually leans a little bit toward more toward commercial. I'd like to see it go to about maybe 65-35 rec. I think that would be a little more reasonable. And I think some of the people who might be displaced out of the commercial fishing industry would look up and go, wow, this is great. I found a job guiding people and now instead of having to go out there with a a crew of misfits and and work our tails off to try to fill that boat full of red snapper this is the same thing that happened in the bay systems when when gill netting was taken out a lot of the old gill netters because they are good fishermen they know where the fish are instead of going out there with a gill net and having to deal with pound, hundreds of pounds of fish all the time. They go out and take three or four people like me and you who will pay them a ton of money, and they just point and say, cast over there, cast over there. We'll drift through here. They catch five fish apiece now and make a, and make a good living. Same would happen with the offshore industry, I'm sure. Just re-outfit your boat a little bit. Take all that commercial gear off of there, put 10, 15, 20 rods and reels on there, take people out to the same reefs where you're using bicycle rigs to bring them up six at a time, and let those people bring up two each for the day while you sit in the wheelhouse and watch Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, that'd be a lot easier. Hopefully there'll be some some change with that. All kinds of things going on. Justin is first to weigh in. First to weigh in. He wants to talk a little about bit about the upcoming dove season. I have that on the list, and we will get to that, I can assure you. Mornings this week, he says, have gotten me pumped up for the hunting seasons a month early. Laugh out loud. Hey, I've been pumped up for about a month and a half. It, it, the beauty of living in the state of Texas is that if you are just a, a crazy, addicted, 
wackadoodle hunter. You you can't stand not being in the woods or in a dove field somewhere or in a duck blind or wallowing around in a goose field somewhere, sitting in a tree stand. If you just can't stand it, you don't have to wait long after the season ends for the season to begin. September 1 is always the kickoff around here. We've got pigs all year. They count too. But September 1 is the kickoff, unofficial or not. Well, that's actually the official kickoff. And then it just snowballs and, and tumbles downhill. Then teal season, then archery season, then this season and that season, the general deer season, the waterfowl, the duck and goose seasons. And then you've got spring turkey seasons that come in. And then it just keeps going. And, bef- well, back at the end of goose season, then if you just really want to go crazy, you can go find a little patch of geese somewhere and hunt them right through that conservation season, which will never work. We will never, with shotguns, be able to put a dent in that mid-continent snow goose population. There's just too many of them, and the older birds get too smart too fast. The average age of those birds in that flock uh, last time I checked, was seven, seven or eight years old. And by seven or eight, they've seen an awful lot of duck or duck and goose decoys. They've seen an awful lot of rag spreads. And they're just not falling for it anymore. And so they keep breeding and they keep eating themselves out of house and home on the nesting grounds. But we're trying. The, the tools that could have been used before that population got so big uh, were just unpalatable to the general public there was talk and serious talk a couple of times about poisoning birds there was talk about using explosives up there in the nesting grounds to just take out big chunks of that population all at once so that it would maintain itself within the carrying capacity of that land and it didn't happen and now we've still got this silly, ridiculous conservation season that I, I just I can't imagine there are enough people in the flyway who care so much about hunting snow geese that they will continue to go out there into March and April, however long it lasts. Might as well just make it year round. Just hunt them. Just have caravans of hunters going up and down the interstates all year round. Just chase them wherever they go. That makes about as much sense. All right, we got to take this first little break. On the way out, I will tell you, why not start with Shipley Donuts? What a great way to start your day. Shipley Donuts has been serving up delicious donuts and kolaches for 83 or 4 years now. I still haven't gotten the official total. I'll have to look. I'll have to find out when that first store was started right here in Houston. Lawrence Shipley, the I think Junior is actually the man who started it. Uh, Lawrence Shipley III is is at the wheelhouse now in the wheelhouse now, and they have just been doing the same product, the same basic stuff, for lo these many years, and there just is no better, no better tasting donut that you can put in your mouth. Donuts and kolaches, the the benchmark of course is the Shipley's plain glazed, hot and fresh. And when you go into a Shipley store, if you're willing to wait a couple of minutes, you can ask for hot and fresh donuts. I don't know if you knew that or not, but you can. My son and I do that all the time. And if you don't have time to wait on those, I'll tell you another little secret. There's a reason there's a microwave in most of the Shipley's locations. If you pop those donuts in the microwave for about five, six, seven seconds, 
back to hot and fresh. Certainly as long as you, it'll take you to eat them. Stop by Shipley's anytime. It's on the way to everywhere. Get yourself some of their delicious fresh coffee or maybe some chocolate milk if you want to throw back to being a kid again. And a couple of your favorite donuts and kolaches from Shipley. We'll take a little break. We'll be right back. The Doug Pike Show on Sports Talk 790. We are Sports Talk 790. Are you ready? Listen online at sports790.com. Now, more Doug Pike. Seven twenty-one on Sports Talk Seven Ninety, the Doug Pike Show. There's um, what Mike weigh in on? Start day North Loop. I'm trying to figure out what is he talking. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. On Shipley's Mike weighs in 1936. He says was the start date. He believes was the start date. The Yale North Loop store. I know right where, man, yeah, has wall photos. All right, yeah, the store where uh, my son and I go most often also has that photograph. I suspect it's in all the Shipley Donut stores. Has the old photo of the original store, the original people who first started shoveling out those donuts and kolaches. And boy, am I glad they kept doing it. They just kept on. Justin weighed back in on that conservation season for snow geese we may not put a dent in them but i sure do my best every year on that weekend that that weekend man you gotta sit out there a lot longer than that if you want to keep banging at them he says i'll sit in garwood for a whole day and unload two boxes patiently waiting for birds to pass over with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Over. Get good at pass shooting. You can stack those snow geese up. You can absolutely stack them up. I used to love that. So on, on some of the days when, as back as a guide for 14 years out on the Katy Prairie, on some days when three or four of us didn't have official hunting parties we would find a, a place between say a roost and a feeding field where we could just casually go out there and and pass shoot and that was a lot of fun it really was interestingly for those of you who didn't get to witness that and and have heard all about how high the geese fly between the roost and the and the hunting fields if you did as much scouting as i did before the season or if you worked parts of the prairie during the season that got very little pressure back when there were actually places that got very little pressure, you would know that those birds don't like to fly. They don't, they don't want to fly high between the roost and the feeding field because that just costs them more energy. They fly that high because they're getting shot at everywhere they go. They, they under normal circumstances and in the middle of nowhere, when I shot them, well, I hunted geese up in Canada once years ago. 
and I've hunted geese in North Texas and over this wide open plain where there's nothing for miles between the roost and the feeding field, they fly 20, 30, 50 feet off the ground, just high enough to see where they're going, get an idea of, especially down here, they don't have to get up very high to see over the tallest, what, fence post between roost and feeding field. It takes energy to fly higher, and wasted energy is just more food they have to eat when they get on the ground again. It's all, if you and if you get in between them and are careful about when and, and how you shoot, you can just have a steady stream of birds coming at you at very low range. I lifted the gun in Canada to shoot at some Canada geese that were coming into the decoys. These birds were 20 yards high. 20 yards high, that's it. And as a, if you're a goose hunter, you understand how close that is. That's just right where my pattern starts to open up a little bit. And as I started to raise my gun, the guide leaned over and tapped me on the shoulder, and he whispered to me, no, no, they're too high. To which I said, for who? Not for me. Not for me. And so we ended up just patiently watching birds decoy across this pea field, about two inches of stubble, and in they would come lower and lower if we just waited. We patiently waited, and they came in lower and lower. Now, when the hunt was done, the limit up there, I believe, was eight birds a man, and we were shooting a TV show, and there was plenty of time after the hunt where the birds were still flying. We got our show taken care of. Uh, we did what we wanted to do. We'd shot about as many geese as we wanted to shoot, but we still had well within the limit room to shoot more geese. And the guide and I got to talking about the difference in Texas hunting and up there hunting. And as if on cue, a couple of birds came loping straight overhead at about an honest 40 yards, an honest 40 yards. And he said, well, y'all couldn't shoot birds that high, could you? I said, do you mind? He goes, no, go ahead and try. So I just kind of said, hold your ears, everybody. And those two birds thought they were well out of harm's way. And I just picked up the gun, led them the way I thought I should lead them, and just flashed back to a good old-fashioned Texas rice field, squeezed the trigger, and the lead bird just absolutely folded in half, came flopping down to the ground, and – You'd have thought that I had turned turned straw into gold. Really? You can shoot them? I said, you can, but you guys don't have to. So don't get your hunters thinking that's a great idea because then they'll start trying to shoot them at 60 yards, and then it gets to be a mess. There you go. All right, back to fishing for a minute. I got an email a, little, a few minutes ago when I started talking about the, the allocations for commercial and, and, and recreational fishermen. And the person who said, he said, hey, don't use my name, so I won't. But he said, what about some of these captains who have, have started using that? There's a special permit available to recreational fishing captains wherein they can take part in the commercial fishery. And what they do is they, they contract. I, this is kind of how it works. I'm not 100% sure. I could get somebody to help me with it. But I, I think I can give you the, the gist of it. They contract with a seafood house to bring back, say, 500 pounds of red snapper or 300 pounds or 100 pounds. 
and then they hire or they they take on four or five guys like you and me who want to go on a, a red snapper fishing trip to do the work for them, essentially. So if I'm if I'm that guy and I have the right permits as a recreational charter captain, I can put four guys on my boat. We go offshore. We catch not two apiece. We catch 300 pounds, 500 pounds, whatever it is. And then we bring them back and we sell them to the seafood house, which in turn will sell them to restaurants or you and me if we walk in their seafood place down there on the water. And I also, as the recreational fisherman on that boat, I can buy some of that snapper myself, at a, I guess at a discounted rate. So I paid to go fishing, and I'm paying them for fish, and the captain of that boat gets paid on both ends. It's a loophole. It's it's a it's a it's a kind of a twist in the rules, and that permit is expensive, by the way. That's why not everybody is doing it. But it's something that the the government put in place for whatever reasons it thought the right idea. And I know some guys who are, are using it, who are availing themselves of that, and it helps supplement their incomes. And it's really hard. It's really hard to, to beat those guys up. But a lot of recreational fishermen don't like it because they see that as dipping into their quota. And in 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 reality, it does. That opportunity for those few fishermen dips a little bit into the recreational quota. So for that reason, certainly, you have to look at those guys like, mm, why are they doing that? Why would they do that to us? Well, nobody's really, they're, they're not doing it to us. They're doing it to make a living. And until that rule changes and until the overall allocation changes, it's going to be hard it's hard for me to pick on those guys. It really is. Because they're 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 playing within the rules. The the people to pick on if you want to pick on anybody are the people who made that rule and said, "Okay, these guys can go do this." So let's not be, you know, it's kind of like the old saying from what probably 20 20 years ago now, "Don't hate the player, hate the game." How old is that, Chris? When was the last time somebody said those words out loud? Oh man, nineteen, um, 19 what? No, no, it's recent. Really, it's it's still relevant. Just recent. most most people don't use it in no. uh, well, no, sar non sarcastic tones. Has there been uh, a replacement? Is no. there something else? They just let that one go. Yeah, that that it's kind of fallen off the end of uh, popular culture. Just buried it, and I just dug it right back up, didn't I? Mm, I'm sorry. Now I feel guilty for some reason. Yeah, that, that's one that um, we, we need to not look at the people who are Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. For availing themselves of that so much as that the people who, who wrote the rule to begin with.
there's therein lies the fault with that thing that whole mess all right we'll move on from here i'll take a little break here when we come back i may dig up some more it's more offshore news i I promise not to dig up any more old sayings i'll try that most of the ones i know are old unfortunately at this point i'll move on time for what is this this 27th of july that's a month and three and a half days, three, four days, depending on how you want to count them, until the opening of Dove season, which is going to make Justin very happy and uh, several hundred thousand more Texas hunters that morning, I'm sure. That means you've got that much time and no more, not a day more, to get yourself a new ATV before hunting season. The old one you had, the one you, the one that's in storage right now, and you keep meaning to go ahead and get it tuned up and get it ready to go, which you should do, by the way. Uh, maybe it failed you last year. Maybe it's just sat there all year. It needs to tune up, and maybe you just need a whole brand new ATV. The only way to find out is to go over to Stub Cycles, haul the old one over there, drop it off for service. Tommy Brewer runs that department over there, and he's really good. He and his staff are excellent at making ATVs in any condition run like ATVs in new condition. That's what he does. On the sales side over there, you will find all sorts of brand new ATVs from Honda and Suzuki. All the configurations, all the power levels, plus all the accessories you could possibly imagine to put on that machine of yours. Great inventory of used machines as well. You might want to just kind of peruse, take a look, see what you can find. Find your favorite Then let them know that I sent you over there so that you will get the best deal of anybody who comes through the door that day. That's all you got to do. They're open today. You can go over there. They're on Telephone Road, just a little ways north of the South Loop. Very easy to find. All the ATVs you could want, all the accessories, and motorcycles from all the major brands. You'll see what I mean when you get to the Stubbs Complex. Online, easy as pie. StubbCycles.com, just like it sounds. StubbsCycles.com. We'll break and be back 733. This is Sports Talk 790. Online at Sports790.com. Now, more Doug Fight. on Sports Talk 790, the Doug Pike Show. Thank you for listening. Certainly do appreciate it. Pull that down. Take a look at this. That's good. Somewhat quiet. Kind of like the beachfront this morning. 713-212-579. Email me, DougPike at iHeartMedia.com. I'm a little hoarse this morning. I think I'm a little dehydrated. I went, uh, went over to Golf Club of Houston yesterday and played with my son and uh, Sean Salisbury from the Sean Salisbury Show right here on Sports Talk 790 weekday mornings. And one of his friends, Jack Del Rio, the uh, former head coach <clears throat> pardon me, of the Jacksonville Jaguars and still heavily involved in football, still heavily involved in football. I uh, said, so what do you got coming up, Jack? Well, I'm going to this camp tomorrow and I'm going to this camp next week and that camp a couple of days after that and He's just all over the place. He is just all over the place. Unlike his golf shots, which actually is pretty good. We we caught Golf Club of Houston on a on an afternoon when 
Uh, they're three days out, I think, two, three days out from a senior championship. And even Reese McCall, the the um, man who's running the show over there, kind of warned us before we went out. He, said, he casually warned us. He said, oh, by the way, hey, um, the rough's pretty thick. We got a, we got a tournament coming up here, a senior event coming up. Rough's pretty thick, so watch your balls down. And I lost a few. We all lost a few because unless you walked right on top of the ball, practically stepped on it, you couldn't see it. You'd hit a hit a pretty good drive and watch it take two steps into the rough, bink, 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 out of the fairway, and then it would just disappear. There wasn't that. There was no first cut. I need to talk to Reese about that. At least have a first cut. I would have found some of my balls. I think had there been a first cut, um, but it went from. It went from really beautiful, lush fairway to ankle deep real quick. Let's go talk to David. Hey, what's up, David? Yeah, Doug, real quickly, a couple of old sayings related to hunting and fishing. I, I'll, be the, I'll be the first to admit the ATV has been a was a godsend for hunters in terms Boy, of getting yeah. deer out of the woods and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm a firm believer in the more you walk, the more you see. Isn't I have, that the uh, truth? I have watched deer spook at the sound of a, an ATV, and they... You know, if you walk more, you'll you'll see more. Now, the Absolutely. other one, you'll you'll have to give me your feedback on this one. I've heard my dad tell me this, but I don't know if it's true or not. When the winds from the west, fish bite the best. When the winds from the east, they bite the least. I don't know if that's true or not. You know that? Yeah, that some of that can work depending on where you are. I'll tell you that when I was a waterfowl guide, wind from the east, birds worked the least. We had uh, northeast wind was just the kiss of death for a goose hunt. Typically, it meant higher pressure. It meant clearer sky. A southeast wind uh, or a south wind brought moisture, which brought clouds, which helped us hide from the birds and, and on and on and on. But, yeah, that north wind from the northeast, birds worked the least. And it was it was rough out there on those days. We just hated to go. But uh, somebody had to go out there, and somebody would do well. But yeah, that's that's an old one. That's a good one. What about fishing? Do fish bite better when the wind's in the west? I don't think the fish really care so much about the wind, but they, once again, it kind of goes back to the pressure. A west wind here would be typically a pretty dry wind, a pretty hot wind maybe, and an east wind. And God, the east and west factors aren't so much on in my radar as a north and south. So that might have been a kind of a very localized uh, phenomenon wherever where was he fishing uh, deep south deep yeah i don't know why not what in texas you're talking about or just across the south somewhere no mississippi oh mississippi okay well let's think about that we've got uh, i've fished the coast there i've fished up into the about the middle of the state i got to fish some golf course lakes over there too they were pretty doggone good the wind the, it didn't matter which way the wind was blowing in those lakes i'll tell you that uh, yeah, it, it may be something just with the, um, the local ecology. I don't think you could just drop that saying across the country and, uh, have it pan out, but yeah, I could see that over there. All right. From, Appreciate your show. I'll Always see, enjoy it, Jeff. Yeah. Doug. Thank you, David. I'm trying to scratch my head now. I'm trying to figure this out. Why in Mississippi, a wind from the East, from the West, it's probably, you know what, from the West, Think about where our our frontal systems move. They move from west to east generally, okay? So that's going to be bringing moisture to that area. 
whereas the ones from the east, maybe for Mississippi, tended to be a little drier. That might be part of it. Maybe a little drier. I don't know. Now, I, I'm no, that's an earworm now. I can't get that out of my head. I can't figure out why Mississippi. I've spent a lot of time in Mississippi. Fished the chandelures out of there a hundred times. I fished up into the state, like I said, a few times. Fished Alabama a good bit, too, because I went to college over there. Played baseball over there a hundred years ago. And uh, on rare free days, my buddies and I would either go surfing or fishing. We found some pretty decent places. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Had a bad, I was in a boat with two other guys one day, a very small boat, and, and we were doing okay. And we were going to move from one spot to the other. And the guy on the trolling motor started it up, and we were puttering along. And it was a great topwater day. There were dragonflies, and I don't, I don't know what else these fish were eating. But we were just minding our own business. And I'm sure you've seen the videos of carp jumping into boats. We had about a four-pound bass just leap out trying to eat something and landed right in the middle of the boat. Scared us all. Scared us all to death. We had no idea what it was. thought it was a sea monster. <sighs> but it wasn't. It was just a bass. And we let it go. Fair is fair. We didn't catch it. I don't, in fact, I don't think we kept any fish back then. We didn't have any place to cook them. We didn't have any means of cleaning them. We just threw them back. I wish I'd have been uh, way ahead of my time back then and already had barbless hooks, but I didn't. We need to take a little break. On the way out, I will remind you that Shooter's Corner is a great place to go find yourself a new firearm. I talked to Jerry TK just two days ago, I guess it was. He said, oh, yeah, we got plenty of shotguns for the dove hunters. And whatever we don't have that they want, we'll get it for them. We can, we can get the rifles for the deer hunters. We've got a good selection of handguns. He said, we're all set. We're ready to go. We're just waiting for hunting season to start. Now, if you're waiting and you need work done on a gun, you, you probably should not wait anymore. You need to get that gun in front of a good gunsmith like Jerry or Jay and have them take care of that while there's still time to get it done before hunting season. The last thing you want to hear four days before November is, yeah, I can, I can do that rifle for you. I can get whatever you want. I can get that new trigger. I can float that barrel. I'll put a new scope on it, whatever. And it's going to take me about a week and a half. That's not good. Hunting season's going to start. Get in there now. Same as getting your, your shooting practice done. Find your place... Find yourself a place to go work on your shooting. Get that rifle done. Get it sighted in. Go get yourself some ammo. Go get yourself some optics. Go get yourself some reloading supplies, whatever it is for shooting or hunting. Shooter's Corner has it. And if you wear a badge for a living, you get a discount. You have for 38 years. You still do. 281-474-9494, Palmer Highway at 29th Street. The new website, still a work in progress, still getting better all the time. The ShootersCornerTX.com. The ShootersCornerTX.com. We'll break and be back 745. This is Sports Talk 790. Facebook.com slash Sports Talk 790. Back to the Doug Pike Show. 
7.50. On Sports Talk 7.90, the Doug Pike Show. Thanks for listening. Certainly do appreciate it. I think I'm, I'm finally getting hydrated again after yesterday's uh, brutally hot but plenty fun round of golf. Brutally hot but plenty fun round of golf with um, Sean Salisbury and Jack Del Rio. Interesting, got both of them pretty big guys. Del Rio, a former linebacker before he started coaching, and a good one. I, I looked him up on Wikipedia. He made either 1,002 or 2,000, I don't know how many tackles in the NFL. And both those guys in actually pretty good shape. Sean's had a handful, a double handful of surgeries. Uh, apparently, though, Jack, despite all of that being a catcher, in baseball and, and being a linebacker in football, all of that, and all he's had is a couple of little orthoscopic procedures on his knees, from what I was told. So those two holding up pretty good. Both of them can still hit a golf ball pretty far and straight, too. We had a lot of fun. 713 212 5790. Email me, Doug Pike at iHeartMedia.com. I saw a story earlier this week about the discovery of a, a new coral reef. I want to take a quick look uh, for some corroboration. Uh, I have to put the word new in here. In the Gulf of Mexico. And one of the things that bothered me, Gulf of Mexico. Pardon me for typing. One of the things that bothered me is that one of the quotes, and I'll try to find the direct quote here and who said it. They have scientists have discovered a 310 mile long reef corridor in the Gulf of Mexico. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful thing, because until now, it was thought that really the only living reef in the Gulf of Mexico was the flower gardens. Team of scientists from the University of Veracruz and Mexico's National Institute of Technology announced their findings about the reefs. Actually, there's several of them that probably form a chain of reefs and holy cow what a beautiful beautiful thing now the problem is that the fishing industry poses a threat to those reefs but and i'm trying want to yeah here's the quote ortiz i'm going to try to find out who ortiz is i'm going to back this up and try and find the attribution to this person because I'd like to know who Ortiz is. Well, I'll tell you what Mr. Ortiz, Mr. or Ms. Ortiz said. What's most important, it says here, these are these are as previously heretofore undiscovered coral reefs in the Gulf of Mexico. What a fascinating asset for them. What a beautiful thing. What's most important, says this person, Ortiz, is that these sites are where hundreds of fishermen receive their nourishment and work. It's important to protect these sites, but it's necessary to maintain the fishing industry. Now, I'm not, I'm not a tambourine-banging preservationist, but I've got to tell you, I am extremely disappointed that anyone would think that it's a great idea to just keep beating up a brand new pristine reef system with commercial fishing. There's just, there's no future in that, honestly. And that's just so, it's an ignorant statement by someone who is either, is either ignorant, which 
I don't think that this person would be quoted in this story if they were, or it's the statement of someone who is so short-sighted that they can't see the value of that coral reef as a national treasure for Mexico, I guess, depending on where it is. Maybe it's in international waters. I don't know. But wherever it is, uh, 310 miles of coral reef is something that certainly warrants protection from the if there's bottom fishing of any kind going on around there, anchors being dropped or trawls being dragged, that's got to stop. Leave that reef alone, for heaven's sakes. Leave that reef alone. At some point, if we're going to hang around this planet for a long time, we kind of got to quit tearing it up. I am not in the camp of uh, the people who want us to all go green tomorrow, no matter what the cost. You know, just We just have to do it no matter what the cost or we'll all be dead in an hour and a half. No, that's not the way it works. That's not the way it works. Uh, we've got a lot of fossil fuel left on this planet. And I think so long as we're using it responsibly and uh, with the cleanest technology we have at the time, which we kind of are, then I don't have a problem with that. I, the, the wind farm idea is great, but I saw a story just this week. There are thousands and thousands of old, out-of-service, tired, retired windmills in this country. Now, if they're the answer, why wasn't anybody fixing those? Why wasn't anybody making sure they kept going? Did they put them in the wrong spot? And if they put them in the wrong spot, why were they put in the wrong spot? We've kind of got a century of, of data, at least, to let us know where the wind blows and where it doesn't. Not blowing outside this building this morning. It'd be a bad place for a windmill. Corpus Christi's got its share, that's for sure. And hopefully they're getting some great electricity from that. There's one woman in our office here who drives an electric car, at least one that I know of. And um, she plugs in every day, I guess it is, and, more and more you're seeing these things at, at hotels. You're seeing them in grocery store parking lots. And what bothers me is they, they put those plug-in stations right there up front. Why, why do you get preferential parking? Boy, am I off track. How did I get from coral reefs to here? But why do you get preferential parking just because you drive an electric car? No, put them at the far end of the parking lot. Those are the people who are most into exercise anyway. Let them walk. Let them walk, I say, unless they have the sticker. Now we, we're going to have to, that'll be next, Chris. There will be, there will be normal um, handicapped parking spots, and then there will be the one with the not only the, the blue sign for that, but also the little plug-in-your-electric-car sign. And that's a... VIP parking right there. That'll be just right at the front door of the store. Hey, if you want to pay the price for the car. Well, yeah, there's that, too. Batteries not included. No, they, I guess they couldn't say that on the car, huh? 713-212-5790. Email me, dougpike at iheartmedia.com. I'll leave you um, at the... Well, no, I've got a minute. So, good. I'll, I'll go to one of these. Um, Chris, I know you're busy in there, but apologies. So, uh, you get to uh, drive the bus here. State Capitals, this is like a game of Jeopardy. 
State Capitals or Captain Obvious? State Capitals. State Capitals it is for $100. Only one state capital that doesn't share a single letter with its state. Name it. Yeah, there's no way. Sorry. (laughs) I'll tell you when we get back. We'll take a little break here. Be right back on the way out. Federal Maintenance Services would absolutely love to hear from you if you are a business owner or manager who would like for your business to look better, to present better to its clients and its customers. All you got to do is call Tim Garcia and his crew. Tim Garcia. He has been running this place for, I don't remember how many years he's been in business, but he's been in a long time, and he's got a lot of crews running all over town, all over Texas, helping business owners make their places look good. Everything from parking lot sweeping to pressure washing, from painting, anything, anything that needs to be done to make your place look better. You need it. Weekly, you need it monthly, you need it right now. Holy cow, somebody spilled something in the parking lot. Please get over here and sweep it up. They will hotshot somebody over there right away to make sure your business looks right every time a new customer or a new client comes to your spot. Federal Maintenance Services, we're a handshake. And sure enough, right on time, yeah, Tim did it. Tim did it. Where a handshake still means something. FMSTEX.com. Federal Maintenance Services. FMSTEX.com. We'll break and be back. This is the Doug Pike Show. Brought to you by Stub Cycles. Still rolling strong after 50 years. And by Fishing Tackle Unlimited and Shimano. The best fishing partners you can have. Now, here's Doug Pike. 801 on Sports Talk 790, the Doug Pike Show. Thank you for listening. Paul Marcasio has his seminar today over at Fishing Tackle Unlimited on Fuquay. And I get he, Paul called, and here's what's going on. He's had a couple, imagine this on a beautiful day like today. He's had a couple of people back out. So if you're sitting around and you can't do anything between now and one o'clock anyway, and you want to learn about fishing rather than like some of these people did rather than go fishing and and make the same mistakes you always made every time you really want to learn from a guy who's been on the water for 40 years plus and go hear it right there. Take two $20 bills, go to fishing tackle unlimited down there on I 45 at Fuquay and sit there and listen to Paul Marcasio from nine to one. You will walk out of there with so much more knowledge than the people who skipped school today. That's what they're doing. They're truant. They've skipped school to go fishing. Not that I never did that, but they've made a big mistake by not going to this seminar. So if you've uh, if you got 40 bucks in your pocket and you can make it over there to Fishing Tackle Unlimited between now and 9 o'clock, the one on I-45, you will learn a ton. You will learn a ton from one of the smartest fishermen on the water today that's what you'll do all right just go you don't even have to wait around you don't have to make a phone call you just go and say i want in and until the room is full they'll let you in i think it's close to full there's only a few spots so don't dawdle don't dawdle by the way before i get to jen nolan who is sitting there very patiently i've got it 
Oh, you looked it up. No, I didn't look it up. Really? I did not look it up. All right. What is the name of the state capital that shares no letters with its state? Pierre in South Dakota. Yes. Pierre, South Dakota. Thanks, Ricky, for calling in and letting me know. (laughs) Oh, cheater, cheater. Well, that's okay. That's okay. Jerry Sutton, by the way, let me know. Jerry Sutton, the owner of Stub Cycles, let me know why the the electric car spots are so, so close. It's a very simple, it's a business decision. You want to run wire underground way out in the parking lot, or you want to run it right out of the building and it's right to the first spot? I still think it's an unfair advantage. I do. I would just I would just dig a tunnel. I would or just put a big generator out in the parking lot. Make it loud and obnoxious. I mean for for the businesses it's an investment because yeah, they're making that money back on the people that buy their electricity at an upriced rate, you know. Yeah, but if you're running a, a a grocery store, you're not charging them to plug in, are you? I mean, I, I, don't I think, think you, you are. Would be. I think it's free electricity. I don't know. Maybe Jerry can tell me um, about how that works. He knows way more about this kind of stuff. He's a business owner, a successful business owner, too. Okay, I got to get to Jen Nolan. Let's get her on the phone. Jen, I'm sorry to make you wait. How are you? I'm great. I don't mind. I was I was uh, enjoying the entertainment. <laughs> oh, golly, well, that's a, you're easily amused, apparently, then. Uh, I am. Yeah, thank you for your time this morning. I appreciate that. Uh, you, golly, you probably paddled more miles in a kayak than anyone in this audience, and certainly anyone in this studio. That's a that's a fair bet. Even though Chris Little is a kayak fisherman, and I have some experience, I'm not. I don't get to go as much as he does, even. But you are what a pro staffer with Jackson, uh, uh, with Fishing Blue Tackle Scott. Unlimited, Blue Sky, yeah. and 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 by the way, a volunteer with Heroes on the Water. Mm-hmm. Actually, we just we just finally, after many many years of of me volunteering in Beaumont, we just commissioned the Galveston Bay chapter of Heroes on the Water like Yay. two weeks ago. Awesome. So now I have my own chapter, which is pretty awesome. Good for you, yeah. And with Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And U.S. Navy veteran, thank you for your service to this country. You're welcome. Thank you. And the, the toughest job you have may just be single mom of six Is that and two grandkids? You got it, buddy. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> and in your spare time. In my spare time. Good golly. I'm worn out. I just need a nap from just talking about all that, Jen. <laughs> all right. So, by the way, my I just talked about one of my sponsors, Tim Garcia, and my dad, both Navy veterans as well. So That is there outstanding. You go. All Thank good them people. for their service. Good mm-hmm. stuff. So, how did you go from big ships to little kayaks? Well, it's funny because I've actually been fishing my literally my entire life as old as I've been, you know, able to recall a memory. I grew up in Tennessee bass fishing. And when I got down here to Texas, um, when I got out of service, I moved down here to Hitchcock and uh, hooked in a a red fish and a trout. They were both undersized, but it was my first saltwater experience. And I was 21 and I was like, okay, I'm never leaving here. So I kept (laughs) saltwater fishing. Um, I I did the whitewater rafting and stuff like that in Tennessee as a kid coming up through OTC. And I loved being on the water in that way. And when I probably about eight years ago, we kind of just were 
playing around in the bay and we jumped on some kayaks at my ex-father-in-law's and we weren't fishing we were just kayaking and we saw some really stupid sized fish and i was oh, like yeah. we should we should totally go get the fishing pole we should go get the fishing pole and you know and, and and i did the pelican thing and i did the you know flipping in 35 degree weather in the middle oh. of the marsh losing all my stu- stuff yeah I, I did all the things wrong the first couple of years and then um i got into a, a jackson crack and i think about 2015 and when I got into that crack and it really opened up, um, I started tournament fishing. Um, around the time I was, I was going through my divorce, becoming a single mom and kayaking actually was kind of my center. It kind of kept me grounded. Um, I found out about heroes on the water around that same time and started getting involved with that group. And I just fell in love with it. I mean, I was already in love with the water. I was already in love with fishing and put me in a kayak and just forget about it. <laughs> I got a feeling these, these sponsors of yours have, have picked the right, uh, the right ambassador. <laughs> and that's me. the funny thing is I wasn't trying to really do all that. Just yeah. brands were kind of reaching out to me. They're like, Hey, we kind of, kind of see what you got going on there. Wondering if you're interested in representing our brand. And I'm like, um, yeah, sure. <laughs> so let, before, sure. before we get to very specific stuff like pedal drive and, and yeah. give me, give me your elevator speech. If somebody says, uh, Oh, you, you fish out of a kayak. What, what's the big deal about that? What's the elevator speech on that? The elevator speech is if you if you enjoy anything about this world and and you get clouded in your mind because of all the real stuff that happens, you jump on that kayak. I don't care if you're pedaling or you're paddling, especially for me, it's in the marsh. You get out there and you just get to where there's nothing, there's nothing but everything that's yeah. self sufficient, and it will just center you and ground you and let you come back and have have clarity or clarity a clear mind and just really be able to live your best life. That's what it is for me. It's getting out yeah. there and just being able to get, just reset. I reset when I'm on the water. Um, I like healthy competition, especially when I'm fishing against guys. So that's <laughs> kind of like my second thing. I, I love competing. So um, there, there's a lot of that down here in Southeast Texas available. Let's, let's talk. Now let's go to these drives, pedal versus paddle. It, the, the pedal drives have been around for, for several years now. It's, you know, it's funny. I was thinking on the way in this morning, thinking about talking to you and, pedal boats have been around for a while they just put them on kayaks though what maybe 10 years ago or so yeah and i think in the last six years it's really amped up mm-hmm. to where every brand is trying to come out with you know you got a couple of brands who will stay paddling kayaks probably for life um yeah. because of the because of the history of the brand but for the most part they've all kind of found their way into the to the paddling system and people think paddling they're actually more like props they're they're more like man-driven trolling motors honestly mm-hmm. um for a lot of the systems and um whether you're paddling or whether you're pedaling you're all going to get there the same way it just it just matters um do you do you want to be hands-free do you want to do you want to be able to fish more or do you want to be able to work harder you know are you in it for fitness are you really just in it for fishing all those are kind of the small factors that that come into play when you start thinking pedal or paddle but the the pedal has definitely increased the fisherman's ability to have the line back in the water oh yeah i like that part now let me ask you this so is that is that pat on a pedal boat is it a good idea to have a paddle, kind of like having a spare tire on your car? Always. Yeah, if you go if you go out that. with some pedals and don't have a paddle, yeah, then you, you're, you're, you ain't got no business being on the water. <laughs> the next thing you're going to be is stuck. Yeah. Stuck in the can, middle I mean, of nowhere. I mean, you're not paying attention to the tides. The tides fall out, and you may be dragging anyway. Oh, <laughs> a lot of regardless. Know, but some of those drive systems are, are factored by the, by the tides, and if you get a little too skinny, some of those drives actually won't work. So you got to really know what mm-hmm. you're getting yourself into, what type of waters you're going to be in, and what those drive systems can handle they're all different every brand has their own style that runs at a different depth and different style of, of pushing the water jen nolan from fish and tackle unlimited kayak teams and so we can address the, the big elephant in the room over there in the corner what's what's the cost these days of getting a decent 
first boat and the equipment you need to really get started. Not not the fishing tackle, just the boat and stuff. Just the kayak. If, if you come in the fishing tackle limited, what we have available for for pedaling, we can get you on the water right at two grand okay. to get you on the water for pedal drives, and then they can go up to you know forty one hundred dollars, depending on how oh, you know, fancy and Cadillac-y you want to get with get your, a used with your truck boat. for that, Jen. And <laughs> but well, well, then we have no, but you have no gas. So once you spent that money, you're done. <laughs> oh, you're I done. All the gas point. you need is your body's energy. And then for paddling, if you want to be a paddler, we can get you you know on the water for eight hundred bucks. Um, oh. Jackson Kayak actually just came out with a with a new boat this year. It's called the Bite, and that thing is eleven foot. Um, grown men can. Stay Stand up on that boat. Um, wow. It's a great youth kayak as well. Um, and, and that boat uh, comes in, like I said, it's seven ninety nine, and it's lightweight. It weighs about 60 pounds, so it's real easy to manage and handle. It's a low-profile boat, so it, it kind of like sits high on the water, um, but it, it doesn't sit mm-hmm. too high on the water. It's really, let's, really great. Let's for, look for at this. Let's, let's call it in the middle and look at about two grand and how many years you can get out of a good kayak that kayak's just about going to last for long as I it ought to last a lifetime i mean yeah. truly I, I mean a kayak ought to last a lifetime as, as as long as and i'm rough i'm so rough on my kayaks and um i every kayak i have is is i've had for the you know life that i purchased it i've never had to get rid of a kayak i just get more <laughs> <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do you do well with all these kids i mean everybody needs a boat to get on it's, it's honestly no. in our house keeps us from killing each other <laughs> go jump on the kayak we live on you the bay pad, now which is you awesome, paddle so. over there and you paddle, you paddle over, over there, there exactly. quit yelling at each other the mars. i'm on this side of the mars oh, let's just let it go <laughs> what what safety equipment jen does the state require in these boats State requirements and what Jen's requirements are are two different things, so I'll say that. State requires a life jacket, a sounding device, whether it be a whistle or a sounding horn. Uh, If you're going to be on the water anytime after sunset, before sunrise, you need a 360 light, and that means a light that is visible from 360 degrees and two nautical miles, and also a flare gun. That's what's required as Mm -hmm. far as as talking about Coast Guard requirements. Um, The life jacket situation, um, especially here of late, um, with the growth of the sport, I will tell you if the life jacket's not on your body, it's not going to save your life. You know, right. typically when you need your life jacket on your kayak is when your kayak's going the opposite direction from you yeah, for whatever point. reason that you've ended up in the water. And if your life jacket is on your kayak as required, yeah. it's not on your body. And, and now you have a whole nother problem. Tucked so, away, way up in the bow. Exactly. You know? So, yeah. And, uh-huh. and I've been, I've been very guilty of being on the water in like uh-huh. six inches, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, back in the marsh without it on. But, but the truth of the matter is if someone sees a picture of me on social media and they're like, Oh, there's Jen to to you. You know, she don't have her life jacket on. I don't my life jacket on. Mm. With the growth of the sport, every newbie that watches anyone on social media that, that is out representing the industry in any way, if you don't have your life jacket on, you're, you're setting up a standard to say to anyone, hey, you don't need it on. And that's just not true. Um, so, yeah. The requirement is it's on your vessel. Jen's requirement on your body. Uh, and talking to Camille, no, she always recommends testing several boats before you Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's why we, we have a really inexpensive, I'm talking cheap rental program at, at FTU. And, you know, the lowest is 50 the highest is 65 bucks, and that'll get you a kayak for the whole weekend. Oh. Um, and, and every brand and model that you see on the floor that you might want to buy, we have a demo that you can take out. So mm-hmm. doing those demos and being able to get out on the water um, and, and test them out, because what I say is the best kayak for me may not be the best kayak for you. Size matters, height, sure. weight, the waters that you're going to be in, arm length. I mean, just <laughs> there's so many factors to going out on the water. Let's shift gears real quick, Jen, and talk about heroes on the water before I run out of time here on you. Yeah. 
Well, what's going on with Heroes on the Water? Well, Heroes on the Water, if you're not aware, started it back in 2009 in San Antonio. A guy mm-hmm. by the name of Jim Nolan, uh, <laughs> Jim Dolan, much okay. like Jim Nolan, started uh, started that program. And he was just kind of like him and some buddies were like, hey, we've got to get some, some of these vets and do something, you know. And it turned into a Veterans First Responders program that's nationwide. Um, I've been volunteering with that chapter in Beaumont for um, the, the Southeast Texas Heroes on the Water mm-hmm. for about three years now. And uh, we started the initiative to get our program started here and Marcos who is um, also at Fishing Tackle Unlimited with me is um, serving on the board with me uh, John Stapleton who is our native um, kayak guru also currently active duty also on the board um, and um, Josh McNaughton who's my fishing partner been you know 14 years in the industry competing in tournaments and fishing in the local area his whole life so our board is a is a very plugged into mm-hmm. the water group and we're going to be bringing every veteran and every first responder we can and opportunity every month down here in the Hitchcock area to get out on the water. And that's what it is. We, we just get them out on the water. They show up. Yeah. We bring the kayaks. We bring the fishing poles. We bring the tackle. We bring the food to feed them when we get off the water. And we bring volunteers from the area. So if they've never done it before, we get them out there safely. So, you know, it, it's a great program. It's completely free. It doesn't cost anybody a dime. Um, and they just show up and we give the veterans a day. A couple that's times a year, we turn it into a safety day where the family comes out and we can do some deep water reentry classes, teach you know, proper fit life jackets, things that some people know, some, you know, some people never been on the water in their life, believe it or not. People in Southeast Texas have never touched the water. It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. So we get to share that piece for the day for them. You know, don't they get some, have some fun coming up in their lives, huh? Yeah, All right, definitely. Jen, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Jen Nolan, Fishing Tackle Unlimited on Fuquay at 40. Are you going down to the store today or no? I am. I will be there at 9, and I will be thankful that I'm getting paid to listen to Paul. I'm not playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just kind of hang out back there? Yeah, no, no, get away from me. I'll tell you about kayaks later. I'm kind of right, well, We'll to... get everybody in the kayak on their I'll way out right. the door. But in the meantime, <laughs> let me drop in here. <laughs> All right, Jen Nolan, thank you so much. Tell Paul right, I said hello, will you? All right, we'll do it. Uh-huh, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, turn your head, Chris. Hey, David, thanks for hanging on. I got a minute. Hey, Dave? Yes, yes, sir. Hey. I got a minute, uh, buddy. We, we the people's on the side of this continental bus. We're, I've got a bunch of veterans going with us right now, so there'll be a lot of uh, fishing and hunting talking, but we're going to go all the way to Galveston, and then we're going to work our way back and hit all the American legions or uh, v, for uh, you. VFW halls. I thought you were going to say honky-tonks. <laughs> should be could be still hey, well, my, hey, to the bus driver. hey dude my yeah, guitar's man. already getting acclimated in that bus oh, nice. man oh the acoustic's nice, pretty so. good in that bus i hadn't hit it yet oh, okay yeah, I mean, we're waiting to leave right now we're still right. here in houston but we're gonna head to galveston and come on back man and and all the veterans that i get to help out and all that over you know like at our american legion and everything else man they 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 are nice people, and they taught, you know they they did for our country, and yeah, they God did. bless them. I I couldn't agree with you more. Tell them all thanks from me too, will you, buddy? Yes, sir. Well, all they, right. Most of them probably listening. I'm okay. good, man. I hope so. Thank you, David. I appreciate it, man. Y'all travel right. safely. Yes, sir. See ya. Bye bye. A bus full of veterans. They're gonna have a good time today, and hopefully have some fun. If David's cranking up his guitar, they'll have a good time for sure. We got to get out of here. Belleville Meat Market, your backyard barbecue headquarters with fresh cut steaks to order. More than two dozen flavors of premium sausage. All that award-winning pecan smoked barbecue. And always those delicious mushroom caps and jalapenos stuffed with cheese, wrapped with bacon. Grab a dozen or two of those next time you're at Belleville Meat Market. Make, make some friends happy. As much as everything else is making 
you happy from Belleville Meat Market. The handmade tamales, too. Don't forget about those. Holy cow. They're about 15 minutes north of Sealy, 15 minutes south of Hempstead on Highway 36. Or you can order online anytime at the new and improved online ordering spot. I'll tell you about that in just one second. Don't forget as we come into deer season, where it's not that far away. Hunting season, September is dove season, and October is going to be bow season. You're going to start taking deer out to Belleville Meat Market. During the deer season, they have an entire building devoted to nothing but wild game processing. Those deer get in there. They get processed exactly as you want them, and then they are returned to you very quickly. By the time you get hungry, your deer will be ready to be picked up from Belleville Meat Market. The website, BellevilleMeatMarket.com. That's BellevilleMeatMarket.com. We're breaking be back 819. This is Sports Talk 790. The Houston Sports Fan on air and on Facebook. Make contact. Back to the Doug Pike Show. electricity thing i've sent jerry sutton the uh, owner of stub cycles a, a reply asking whether the business owners charge people to charge or they just write it off it's kind of a, a, a lure for customers i guess you can come in and get a little electricity on us that course that cost would have to be handed back off to the the patrons of a place all of them the the gas guzzlers and the electricity drivers, but one way or the other, uh, it's a it's a nice little perk, I suppose. Seven one three two one two five seven ninety. Email me Doug Pike at iheartmedia.com. On my list here, let's see. We've checked off. I'll check off Red Snapper. I'll check off that new reef in the Gulf of Mexico, down there somewhere off Mexico. I don't know exactly where. I haven't looked that closely at the story, but I know it's 310 miles of reef. Mm, we can talk about... Let, let me go back to, uh, and I forgive me, I can't remember who talked about this when we were talking about old sayings. And the one that he brought up that his dad, I think, told him, and it's been around, I'm sure, ever since the the advent of motorized transportation in the field is you walk more, you see more. And that's something that I firmly believe in. I like transportation. I like getting someplace close at least to where I want to be by a motor vehicle maybe. But I'm not a big fan of driving right up to your stand. This, is, this, this speaks, speaks mostly to deer hunting. I'm not, hmm, let me, oh, time out. We're going to, I'll tell you what, I'll come back to this, but I want to take a phone call while we can still do this and still be thinking about kayaks. What's up, Dan? Hey, what? how are you this morning, Doug? I'm good, I, man. I done broke the first rule of radio talk, didn't oh, I? Oh, stop it. I don't care about that. I'm, I'm flattered that you asked. I hope you're doing well as, all, as well. So what's well, the, yeah. What's up? Where, no. where are you and your bananas right now? Well, my bananas, I left them back up there in Tyler, but oh, okay. I'm southbound on 45 here at Gulf Bank Road Yes, right flying, now. flying at posted speeds, aren't you? Just posted speeds. Yes, 60, sir. 63.72 miles an hour. <laughs> All right, what can I do for you, man? Hey, um, I, I, I want to, okay, they got the pedal, the pedal kayaks, right? Okay. 
this do they I want a, I want one that's got like a, a ten speed gear ratio setup, bicycle setup. Think I ought to buy one of them and try to invent it, convert convert it, you think, or do they make one like that? I, I don't know. I think it's just one one gear. And that's Oh man if you, you want to go imagine what that Yeah, that's an interesting thought to be able to shift it in shift that prop into a different gear. And I don't. I wonder if they could do it like they do on airplanes, where you could change the pitch of your prop, and so you would get a little more push as you got moving. I, I don't was know. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Or like the old boys in the beginning of Hawaii 5 0 when they got that outrigger thing and they're jumping them waves. Be out there jumping waves oh, at about 40 Lord. mile an hour. I don't think we can pedal that without riggers. That'd be pretty without, cool. Without riggers, it'd be cool. It, you yeah. know, such a fat man like me, I'd be top heavy <laughs> in it. So it had Tip to be over. really way out there, wide, wide, yeah, wide outrigger. Turn that kayak into a submarine, man. Don't do that. Yeah, buddy. All yeah, right, man. I've gone surfing. Surfing oh, USA. All right. On Have that, a good weekend. Yeah, Doug. man. Bye-bye. Adios. Golly. <laughs> Ten-speed kayaks. I like the way he thinks, actually. It'd be a... I guess it would just be a matter of maintenance of the the gears and, and finding a material you could make those gears from and that drive chain uh, that could stand up to salt water. I mean, have you seen a, a Hobie Mirage drive? Those things are pretty yeah. complicated. Yeah. And, I mean, those fins are also, if you get, like, the turbo fins, they're like a foot and a half long. That's quite a bit of material you got pushing you through the water. Though, although that's also quite a bit of draft added to your boat. Yeah, but you can you can kind of flutter them along if you're in real shallow water. Yeah. I don't have a, a paddle or a pedal one myself. Yeah. I got the old fashioned paddle. I didn't want to shell out that uh, kind of yeah, cash. I hear but you. what what I got suits me for a fishing yeah, of platform. Course. That's what it comes down to. Does it work for you? Yes, it does. Well, good. Here we go. All right. Well, let me go back to walk. More see more for a minute. If you're if you're going to a deer stand in the morning, or, or if I am anyway, or if I'm going to still hunt somewhere, I want to. If it's two miles to where I'm going, I'm not going to walk the entire two miles and leave the leave the camp at four o'clock in the morning to get down there. But what I will do is I will park quarter mile or so away, at least two or three hundred yards from where I want to hunt. And make sure that I'm not flashing headlights or or rattling a beat-up old truck down the road somewhere. ATVs are great for getting animals out of the woods, but they spook a lot of deer. And when you're thinking about how you and your buddies are going to get to that stand in the morning, you probably should think about uh, finding yourself a, an easy-to-follow trail. I mean, like dead easy, like a road almost. Something you can follow in the dark, something you can follow in a fog, something you can, someplace you can walk at least the last couple of hundred yards. Because the quieter you can make it when you, when you get into that place, when you get into where you're going to start hunting, whether you're going to be walking 
or you're going to be in a box or on a tree stand somewhere or a tripod. The quieter you are, the better. Now, I know some guys in South Texas who drive their hunters every morning. They load three or four guys in a pickup truck. They drive them right up to the, the box blind, open a couple of pickup truck doors, maybe throw the tailgate down, got the high beams on to see what's out in the woods that day. And I can assure you that those hunters are probably not seeing the best animals on the place. They might get their deer. They might shoot a deer that day, but it's probably not the biggest one. And as I, I'm getting all fired up about hunting season. We started that at 7.05 this morning. We got kicked in. Golly, it's already time, isn't it? Already time for another break. Maybe that's because I went long on that first segment, you think? So I'll, I'll come back to this because I do want to talk about it. I think that, that making noise on the way in, whether it's in the afternoon or the morning, either one, it's just you've you've put one hand behind your back. You're already chasing deer that are running away, and they're running away quickly. And they, especially in places that get hunted regularly where the same blinds are being hunted, the same trucks are coming in there and making a lot of noise in the mornings, and there's no reward for the deer. It's not like a dinner bell being wrong. It's just somebody coming into a into a box blind. They kind of pick up on that. Fishing Tackle Unlimited and Shimano, still the best fishing partners you can have, especially with Jen Nolan down there to show you some kayaks. All that Shimano gear is there. The rods, the reels, the lures, the lines, the accessories. All that Shimano gear is just waiting for you. The new stuff's coming in from yet another iCast show. It'll be arriving as quickly as it can be shipped. Fishing Tackle Unlimited. All of Shimano's latest, plus everything else from everybody else who makes anything we need for fishing around Texas, especially those kayaks that are down there. Jen will help you at the I-45 and Fuquay store. There's somebody in all three stores who's an expert at kayaks, expert at kayaking, and can help you get started. I-45 South Fuquay, that's where Captain Paul Marcasio gets started this morning in exactly 33. 27 minutes from now you've still got time to get in i think there may be a little room down there take a 40 dollar bill and be prepared to stay until one o'clock and maybe a little later because you're going to be learning that whole time also a store at beltway 8 and gessner and my home store 59 south at sugar creek boulevard fishing tackle unlimited and shimano still the best fishing partners you can have we'll take a little break here be right back the doug pike show on sports talk 790 we are Sports Talk 790. Houston Sports, where you go with iHeartRadio. Now, now, get more Doug. Eight thirty-six on Sports Talk 790. Just heard from Jerry Sutton that installing those electrical things is pretty high. It's pretty expensive. A lot of, exp- like, really expensive. Um, and so I'm trying to find out the why. I get. I guess it's just a competition. You know, if, if your competitor down the street's got a, a charger out in front of the grocery store, then your grocery store needs one. So that may be the motivation, but... Um, 
I don't see how those guys could recover what it costs to put that stuff in, uh, no matter what. You know, I, I wish them well. I wish them well. 713-212-5790. Email me, Pike at iHeartMedia.com. Uh, Camille No weighing in. She, the marketing director over at um, Fishing Tackle Unlimited and um, deeply involved with Jackson Kayaks, said nobody paid for a pedal system that had multi-level gears hard enough to get the current ones to market at an affordable price. That makes sense because if you add technology, that means you have added a couple of years of R&D. And you still... As, as Jen was pointing out, it's, it's a couple of grand to get into a, a paddle or a pedal-powered boat. And that's that may be about the high end for, certainly for entry-level kayaking. That, that takes a lot of people out of the game. Now, on the plus side, and I'll get back to the deer thing in a second. I tend to bounce around here in case you've not noticed that. On the plus side... As Jen and I were talking about, Jen Nolan, you buy a kayak today, and it'll probably still be your fishing kayak. If you get the right one, it'll still be in the garage, still be in the back of your truck, still be taking you fishing for 15, 20, 30 years. So let's just say you've got 20 good years of, of kayak fishing in you, and you spend $2,000 Golly, that's $100 a year for a boat? That's not bad. That's not that's uh, that's not a whole lot more than a fishing li- uh, combo license. Super combo license cost me, what, 80-something dollars this year? Got to get the stamps, got to get all that stuff. You got to have that anyway. But, yeah, if you amortize the, the cost of the boat and the, and the accessories and all that over, over enough years— it makes perfect sense, and be sure to point that out to anybody who's telling you, no, you're not spending that much money on a kayak. And oh. to be fair, if you have a pedal kayak, you can spend all that time that you're pedaling still fishing. I can't. i got to paddle my way out there, and all that time, I'm not fishing, versus yep. the guy who, who that's next to me going the same speed and gets to fish. Yeah, so the, a little more expensive, but you get more out of it. The pedal power is uh, it's certainly been a game changer. You're exactly right. Now you can you can move and fish and move and fish and not risk that clunky setting down of the paddle when, you, when you've almost paddled up on top of about a nine-pound trout sitting in a foot of water. Like, oh, what is it? look at there. There's a big old log in the water ahead of me. I better go. Oh, oh, oh wait a minute. That log just moved. No, it's a trout. Big redfish. The first time I ever got in a kayak, the very first time I paddled a kayak, I touched my paddle to the back of a probably about a seven or eight pound redfish. Got that close to this animal. It was it was watching something else along the shoreline, and I was just outside of it. A very light breeze, and I had taken two or three strokes, and I was just coasting very slowly, very just slowly, slowly down this shoreline, and I looked to my left, and there at about 10 o'clock was this redfish looking away from me, and it either didn't care about me or didn't see me or didn't feel me in the water or just wasn't able to for what one reason or another. It hadn't moved, and I tapped that paddle just gently on its back, and it shot out of there like it was fired from a cannon. 
It was fun. Well, what's up, Ed? Father, how you been? I'm great, man. Hey, that was an awesome segment. Thank you. Uh, things. You know, we still fish out of the same kayaks we had at Toledo. Started us on bass fishing 30 years ago. Sure, sure. It, and it's a great way to get around. That's something that you don't hear a lot of talk about, freshwater fishing in kayaks. But you talk about get back up in the woods, man. You can do it in a kayak. Well, we were using them on both, right? We were going down to uh, to, get, to, to Tiki, fishing yeah. around Tiki. And what we were doing the kayaks at the time was you would go to the boat launch and dump and then fish the lights and the canals and whatnot in your kayak in stealth mode. You want to talk about catching some fish. Oh, yeah, no doubt about that. Holy cow. Hey, man, so funny story. We're at Fayette many, many years ago. We launched at Park Prairie, right, mm-hmm. which is the furthest west launch, to paddle back across the lake to a cove that we fish. Never dumped a kayak before. We're in our waders. It's all geared up. It's February. And, of course, I dumped the kayak. I'm trying to reach back and unhook a chatterbait off of a hang-up. And I go in the water. What you don't know mm. is that your waders form a vacuum on your chest, and water can't get in. Uh, well, I, I prefer, I want to have a belt on, man, because yeah, well, no, I'm I did. also I did. filled I did. waders I, too. I, I was, I was, you know, I'm geared up, but I started to panic. I mean, long story short, my buddy gets me, I hang on to the back of the kayak. You can't get back in on these. They were smaller Hobie models. We paddle to the bank and I'm soaking wet. So of course you have to strip down and kind of dry off. Oh yeah. And about the time, okay. So about the time I get down right down to the BBDs. Guy and his little girl pull up in a kayak, and there I am standing there, bright white, on the beach, <laughs> in my drawers. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Have a nice morning. Yeah. But, you know, that was a fantastic segment, and I would encourage Thanks, anybody man. to do it. I yeah, absolutely it. well done. Yeah. yeah, no worries, man. I'll holler you later. Cheers. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, I'm flashing back to a story from 40 years, more than 40 years ago, a long time ago. A friend of mine and I duck hunting. Short, quick story. The waders, he's 6'4". He manages to get through this little trough in this reservoir. We're going to go out and we're going to hunt out of the duck blind. He gets through there. I'm almost there. Bear in mind, it's a blue sky day, much uh, more blue sky than white sky, and kind of like today from looking north anyway. And it's cold. It's right around freezing. And on the way across there, even though I've got two bags of decoys kind of holding me up, I lose balance a little bit, and I fill my waders, and I am freezing. And we get to the duck blind, and just like Ed said, the only way for me to to warm up at all is to get out of those wet clothes. So down I go to my skivvies, and I'm sitting in this duck blind that doesn't have enough cover on it anyway, but my buddy is blaming me for scaring the ducks. Hey, man, hey, put something on. Put some camo on, man. And I'm winter pasty and um, just, yeah, I look like a like a pale scarecrow standing in this blind, but I wasn't putting those wet clothes back on. I got, I've got camo draped all around the blind. I'm doing the best to help him as, as I can. I'm not going to sit in the shadows because they're cold. I'm sitting in the bright sunshine to try to get some warmth back in my body. And he's griping to me about scaring ducks. Could have could have died from the cold. Well, nah, it wasn't that cold. It was, but I was young and tough and stupid, and we stayed out there and hunted. I got a couple of shots off. First and only time I've ever had to shoot ducks in my underwear. Saw some grown men stripped down on the Katy Prairie to about that level after 
being told not to lie down on the rice levees until you're sure. Use your flashlight because they all bring them. Use your flashlight to check for ant beds because the high ground out there, well, that's where the ants are going to go. And they, oh, this looks like a pretty good spot. And they'd wallow in real good. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty comfy here. Okay. And the ants do what ants do. They wait until there's 6,000 of them on your body. And then one of them blows a little teeny tiny whistle. It sounds like this if you've never, like that. And then they all bite you at once. I got to take a break. On the way out, a word for Black Horse Golf Club. What a beautiful day this would be to go play golf. It's going to be nice most of the day and probably all of the day. There's just a slight chance of afternoon thunderstorms. You could dodge them out there. I'm sure you could. You got two courses to get onto, the north and south. And if you want to just take a lesson instead, you can go check in with the teaching staff down there, led by former NCAA champ and PGA Tour player Marty Fleckman. I play a lot of tournaments at Black Horse, and I love it. I love that place. 290, take 290 to Fry Road. Go south on Fry, just a little bitty ways, maybe a mile, mile and a half. There you'll see golf course, and you pull into the gate, and from the time you pull into that gate and go in that pro shop, everybody there, you will realize, everybody there wants to make sure you have a good time. They can't swing the club for you, even though you probably like them to sometimes. But they can make sure that you are fed and watered. They'll make sure that the pace of play is kept up. We'll take good care of you at Black Horse Golf Club. To find out more, maybe bring your big event out there. That's a good place to have one. I've got two big charity events out there that I'm playing in in the fall, and I can't wait. BlackHorseGolfClub.com. That's BlackHorseGolfClub.com. We're breaking me back, 846. This is Sports Talk 790. Breaking sports news on Facebook 24-7. We'll get that information to them. This is the Doug Pike Show. Two on Sports Talk 790, the Doug Pike Show. Thanks for listening. Certainly do appreciate it. We've got a few more minutes here left in this hour. We'll see what's going on. 713-212-5790. Email me, DougPike at iHeartMedia.com. Hope I didn't already just say that two seconds ago. My head tends to move. My brain tends to move about two seconds ahead of my mouth when I'm trying to do this show. That's how I kind of explain it to people. You have to be, you have to be saying something and thinking ahead. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That's usually how it works. Sometimes I just forget both. What's up, Danny? Hey, Doug. How are you? I'm good, man. Thank you. Hey, good. I uh, need your opinion on something. I've heard conflicting opinions on this. Okay. Uh, I'm Bass Spawns. Uh, let's take the Houston and surrounding areas. Uh, we all know about the one in the spring. Mm-hmm. But but what facilitates the second spawn when it happens? And when does it usually happen? Does it depend on the weather, the impoundment? How does that work? I don't I don't know that there there may be a, a late spawn amongst females that didn't uh, maybe complete their nests on time. On I don't know. I've never heard a whole lot of discussion, frankly, of a second true spawn. I, they're making eggs one time a year. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's what I so, thought too. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, well, yeah, I was just kind of pausing, but uh, I'm thinking out. Uh, I think it's going to be somewhat similar to what happens with deer in that, and, and I may be dead wrong, but I don't know. But my guess just off the top would be that it's something similar to, to the deer that don't get bred in that initial part of the spawn. There's this kind of secondary period where, uh-huh. okay, you didn't find a date the first at the first dance. We're going to throw another dance. <laughs> All right. Well, that's kind of answers. Hey, one other question. Did you sure. get that? Did you get that drop shot video I sent you? I did. That's very cool. Yeah. That is did- really interesting, man. I've got to, I've got to get down there and test that out at the jetty. In fact, I was looking at the water. There, there may be opportunity in the next 36 hours. This afternoon may be shot for me. I have to take my son to a birthday party. Yeah. So uh, yeah. maybe did later, you, though. Maybe later today. Okay. Did you put that on a, the, your website or blog or anything? No, I haven't yet. I haven't yet. I've been, I got kind of stuck on some other stuff, so I haven't I had did. a chance. But I'll get back to it. All right, man. Absolutely. Sorry, you have a great day. Thank you, Danny. Yeah, right, buddy. yeah, that's drop shot Dan. We have dump truck Dan. Who is now banana banana truck Dan, and we have now we have drop shot Danny. Yeah, that's it's a fascinating concept. I hadn't thought of it. He he kind of proposed it to me what month or so ago, maybe a little bit longer. We first talked about it on the show, and I still haven't done it yet because I'm such an old codger. And when I get to the beach, when I get to the bay, I tend to stick with the old. But I'm gonna make a habit. I'm gonna, or not a habit. I'm gonna make it a priority to fish that way next time I go down there. And it may be maybe sooner rather than later if this weather holds up. I'm going to take a real quick picture check here at the Accurats website. Refresh that. See this jetty cam. See what it looks like. There was talk that the water was clearing up uh, on the Galveston beachfront yesterday. And the, the picture that was shown, though, at the website I looked at, it was still kind of muddy right on the beach, but the, the pretty, pretty water that everybody gets all excited about and nobody ever thinks happens down there was just off the beach. Yeah, it doesn't look too bad. There might be an opportunity. There's a guy on a paddle board out there. That's interesting. It might be, um, I'll monitor it. And if there's green water along that jetty this afternoon, maybe even just after the birthday party, Junior and I might make a run for the coast if I'm tough enough. After yesterday's um, challenging golf route, there's a second guy paddleboarding out there, as a matter of fact. He's a little farther out. He may have a fishing rod. He should. He's in pretty water. No question about that. No question about that. The guy on the first paddleboard is actually using his to surf, which is a tremendous advantage because the the waves are very tiny, but with the paddleboard, you can generate enough forward momentum to catch even little bitty waves and that's just another way to have fun along the beachfront i don't recommend for novice kayakers trying to surf the waves because you'll end up upside down pretty quick if you do that be sure you're wearing your pfd attach a leash to the kayak and make sure there is nothing of value to you in or on that boat because whatever it is it'll either get lost or get wet Hey John, what's up? Hey, I just want to follow up on the kayak discussion. Sure, I, man. I'm a, I'm going to give the best of the doubt and assume you were tossing a softball at your uh, your rep from uh, on the kayaks about whether or not to have a paddle when or a, a you know a good old fashioned paddle when you have a paddle drive kayak with you. Yeah, you um, have to have some kind of. Paddle. 
Yes. I mean, I've got a very nice, I'll say the brand, probably sure. the Hobie Mirage system. Yeah, it's great. And it, it has, you know, failure points. Mm-hmm. And probably the least expected of most is there's a pin in the rudder no, that holds the rudder okay. in. Okay. All right. And they even have a thing to, to take a spare pin with you. It clipped in. It's very nicely designed to keep a, an extra one with you should uh-huh. that fail. Because if you think about it, what's the worst thing? It's like a, having uh, being on a power boat and one of the cables of the steering wheel drive that power yeah. is great <laughs> to go in circles or but not where you <laughs> yeah. want to go to go in slow circles it's awesome <laughs> yes and also there it's it's a chain drive and it's yeah. very well designed with very high quality stainless no question but eventually a chain a link in that chain can fail yeah and so and i've had that happen and paddled in <laughs> you know mm-hmm. um so it's it's a great system. Don't I'm not, I'm not bad bad mouth at all. It's a no, great, no. great, great system. And uh, but there's a reason they have a, a a strap on the side for a paddle. Yeah, isn't that the <laughs> truth? It just makes such. A, and, you know, I used that analogy of, of a spare tire earlier, but I think more appropriate would be the kicker engine on a small boat going offshore. Yeah, uh, you got your Bingo. big 300 on the back, but then there's that 25 sitting next to it. Just in case there's a fire drill, yeah. you know. Or, or you know, um, I don't know about you, but anytime I tow a trailer, I will not leave the driveway if I don't have a spare for that trailer. Because, yeah, you know, well. trailer tires notoriously, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, yeah, something's so, going to go wrong. That's yeah. what you have to remember. And, boy, anytime you drive down toward the beach or down toward surf, Galveston or Surfside, on early, early on a Saturday or Sunday morning, there's always that one poor guy who's pulled off on the shoulder, he's towing his boat, and there's something wrong. And you know yep. that his day just went south hard, yeah. man. That's actually, I mean, uh, that, that's, why I don't, that's why I have a kayak that I put in my truck, <laughs> not on the trailer, and I don't yeah. have a power boat. I just, you know, um, I can get a limited number of places with my kayak, but I always get home, and I don't have headaches, yeah. and, you know, it's just... When, when I want to be in a boat, you hire a guide. You've made makes good sense. Even the best, any anything that we use around the water, especially salt water, can fail. You just got to be mindful of it. You got to maintain it. Whether it's a kayak or a fifty foot boat, it takes maintenance. And as long as you take care of it, it'll take care of you. Every now and then, something's going to bust, and you better have that auxiliary power no matter where you are. We have got to take a little break here. When we come back, we will shift gears kind of toward golf if we have to. Uh, We can talk about fishing. If you lead me in that direction, we can talk about upcoming hunting seasons. Hey, it's all about the outdoors here. It's the Doug Pike Show. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. This is the Doug Pike Show. Brought to you by Stub Cycles. Still rolling strong after 50 years. And by... Fishing Tackle Unlimited and Shimano, the best fishing partners you can have. Now, here's Doug Pike. Nine oh two on Sports Talk 790, the Doug Pike Show. Thanks for listening. Wow. Just um, took a quick look at the Facebook page and found something very interesting. I'm not sure where this is. Uh, I really don't know. But it's a water slide. Which is fun. Okay, picture yourself on this, Chris. When was the last time you thought a water slide was fun? The last time I went to a water park. Yeah, okay, great. Now add 
to the water slide, a pair of 3D goggles through which you are seeing like a tour through outer space, darting between stars and planets, or a, a race through the jungle. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I'll have to share this and just let, uh, okay, there, I've just shared it. Yeah, that's, um, that's way different, way different. 713-212-5790. Email me, Doug Pike at iHeartMedia.com. The World Golf Championships ongoing over in Memphis, home also to St. Jude. It's the FedEx St. Jude Invitational World Golf Championships event. St. Jude Hospital, by the way, I've been there. I've seen what goes on there. I know the good work they do. It's an amazing place. My favorite story after having had the grand tour and hearing from a lot of people over there how Danny Thomas started that thing back in the 60s, I believe it was, way ahead of his time. He told the people of Memphis, I'd like to build this hospital here, but only, only if it is open to all sick children, only if I can hire anybody I want from anywhere I want to make sure that these kids get the best possible medical care they can get. Only if the entire, really a, a lot of businesses in Memphis had to go against the, the grain back then to make this work. A, a remarkable man so far ahead of his time. And the work they're doing at St. Jude now, staggeringly um, successful. The, one, of the, one of the stories I like to share is that there was a, I can't remember exactly which pediatric cancer it was, but when St. Jude opened, the survival rate was less than 10%. Now it's greater than 90%. And the cool thing is that no patient at St. Jude, if you're accepted over there, uh, chances are you have something really, really bad that is almost untreatable in most other places and certainly is ridiculously expensive to try to get treated anywhere else. The patients at St. Jude never see a bill, not for housing, not for transportation, not for any of their medical care for that particular illness so long as they live. If there's a, a, a complication that from that, whatever it was they had that comes up 20 years later, back to St. Jude you go and you get taken care of. It's pretty fascinating. There was a, a woman who brought a, a young boy there many, many years ago, back in the 60s, 70s. I don't know when it was, maybe the 80s. I have no idea. But I re recall the, the outcome of the story very vividly. Comes in there with a stack of papers, walks in, and the people are admitting that, can I help you? Yes, my son is very sick. Here's his case. I'm, I'm hoping somebody here can treat him. Please, uh, my doctors at home, are they're lost. They can't, there's nothing they can do. And a doctor came out, took the paperwork, disappeared for a little while, came back out, and she said, please, doctor, I'm, I'm hoping you'll treat my son. He said, I'm not going to treat him. And she kind of sagged sagged a little bit and he said i'm gonna cure him and they did uh, yeah it's it just kind of it just sends a chill up my spine to think about how how much good is being done over there you'll hear more about that as we move on we here at iheart uh, actually sponsor a golf tournament for saint jude uh this week under uh, this year i believe it's the first monday in december i want to say the third first monday in december i believe uh, whenever it is, you're welcome to come out and play. 
You're welcome to sponsor something in the tournament, as uh, have many of my sponsors in the past. Kirk Holmes has been a good supporter. Certainly Jerry Sutton over at Stubb Cycles has been a good supporter of this event over the years. Great place. Great place. The St. Jude Invitational. And we'll, we'll handle that golf tournament. You'll hear more about that as we get a little closer to it, by the way. St. Jude Invitational ongoing in Memphis right now. Matthew Fitzpatrick at nine under par, leading by a pair over Patrick Cantlay and Cameron Smith and John Rahm and Billy Horschel. And underneath this ad, no, that's all of them. Those four guys tied for second place. Shugo Imahara, Imahira, excuse me, from Japan at six under par, alone in sixth place. The tie for seventh place. That's a pretty busy list there. If this thing will quit refreshing and throwing up bigger ads, I'll tell you who they are. Alex Noren, Webb Simpson, Ian Poulter, Justin Rose, Brooks Kepka, and Bubba Watson. All four shots off the lead going into the weekend. Uh, there's a lot of those guys who might have a shot. You can't ever count that Kepka guy out. He's got uh, 68, 67 so far. Certainly going in the right direction. I'm looking for anybody else I want to tell you about. Nah, the rest of these guys are all super good golfers or they wouldn't be there. Could have used their driving ability yesterday at the Golf Club of Houston. That would have been nice. As I mentioned earlier in the program, I got to play around yesterday with Sean Salisbury from our morning drive show here on Sports Talk 790 and a good friend of his, Jack Del Rio, uh, who is still deeply involved in football, and he kind of going from training camp to training camp, helping out where he can and keeping his foot in the door. Great. Uh, both of them in really good shape for guys who played as long as they did in the NFL. And as Sean kind of shared later in the in the round, a lot of their friends aren't in that good a shape. Uh, you, you and I both know how much discussion there is of concussion protocol in the NFL now, and uh, we're seeing more and more what a toll all that headbanging took on some of these guys who played for so long. Hopefully they can kind of figure this out. These guys are just so big and so strong and so fast now. It's a, it's a an incredible crash when two of them meet head on. And they're getting the heads out of the way now, but it's it's still a collision no matter how you no matter how you cut it. A quick fun fact to know and tell. I'll pause here. Um, I'll let you drive the bus last time. I will um, let you drive it again this time. Captain Obvious or the best burger toppings? Best burger toppings. Yeah, I think that's a good one, too, for this audience. Um, think in your mind, what is the best thing? The low-hanging fruit is number one. What is the, the thing most people want to see on their burger? Cheese. Yes, of course. From there... And this, again, I just kind of pulled the highlights so it doesn't tell me the rest of them. I'd have to go way back into the website and dig it up. I can figure some of them. But the one that they say is the worst of those top 12, the worst of them is one that I actually like on a burger, and that's mushrooms. I was going to think it was tomatoes. Possibly. I, I like tomatoes, but I know a lot of people don't like the texture, so they'll just go with ketchup instead, which is a horrible condiment. Yeah, my son, yeah, he's, he's well, he's he's off ketchup and on to mayo now. That's also but a that's bad it. condiment. Well, yeah, but I, 
I'm buying a Whopper, okay? And he gets the bun, the meat, the cheese, and a gallon of mayo. And that's it. And that's, that's for me, that's like, there's just something missing here, like half the burger. Like pickles and lettuce. Yeah, the half the good the good stuff's gone. And he's just meat, cheese, and bun, man. That's it. And, and just knock a whole one back and want something else. He's becoming increasingly difficult to feed as he continues to grow. Stop he's, feeding him after midnight. He'll stop growing like this. Well, he, he's put on about an inch and a half this summer. And he's grown up, so he just looks like a big old stick, like a couple of fence posts. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And, um, yeah, he'll fill out at some point, and then it'll be impossible to feed him. I know it, it had to have been tough on my parents to feed me because I had coaches wanting me to gain weights, and, all, and I was trying. For all the world, I was trying. I ate a jillion calories a day all the way up into – uh, college baseball, I'd, I'd eat at the the training stuff, and then I'd go eat again somewhere else at about nine ten o'clock at night, and couldn't put a pound on. Fortunately, I've 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 beat that issue of not being able to gain weight. I've conquered that in Me my too. seniority. Yeah, doesn't take long, does it? That old metabolism, and it's a switch that goes off. You don't know when it's going to happen. It just one day. You realize that you can't sit around and watch a football game and eat an entire bag of soft and chewy Chips Ahoy cookies, which I used to do regularly. I'd go through a couple of, I'd, I'd go through an entire bag per sitting, and I'd do that once or twice a week at least, and then have something else for dessert after my meal that was equally not good for me. But now it's carrot sticks and celery and. What I, I eat a lot of yogurt now. Put you cut a, little, a lot of bread. But no, not a lot of bread. Ooh, yeah. No, we're out of that bread, man. Yeah, like I say, Ooh, you got to cut a lot of bread. Got to chop it out, baby. Can't have that. Can't. There's a lot of stuff I can't have, and it depends on how you try to lose the weight. You know, there's some diets that let you eat a lot of this and none of that, and some it's just the opposite. I think it all. It's just a common sense thing. Well, it all comes down to intake. Intake and output. You gotta. You've got to churn. You gotta. Churn and burn and keep busy. That's one reason I still go out and play golf when it's 95 degrees. Because I know it's going to burn a lot of calories. It's going to beat me up. But it's going to burn a lot of calories too, thank goodness. All right, the Captain Obvious thing. I have to, I'll give you this, then we'll take this quick break. People are most likely to be productive on what day of the week? Monday, Tuesday. Thank you. Well, Monday. Of course, Monday. That's the first after the weekend. Here we go. We're going to be back in there and get after it. I figure and, Monday might be a slump. No, it's no, it's most productive day. And the least likely to be productive on? 100% is Friday. Yes, of course. And time of day. What is the most productive time of day? Um, it's, it's before lunch, I'd Don't think. Don't mess this up. Yeah, morning. And the least? <laughs> right after. Right after lunch. Yeah, so... Without even studying for the test, you made a 100 with a little coaching. But that's all right. Yeah. So, and somebody got paid to study that. 
somebody got paid to conduct a survey to find out that Mondays are productive and Fridays are not. Friday leading into the weekend, everybody's kind of checked out at least mentally by noon. Monday, uh, I better get back to work because of what I didn't do on Friday. Who do I have to contact to conduct a pointless study and oh rake God. in a bunch of money? The U.S. government. That's who. we got to take a little break here on the way out. A word for my good, 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 good friends at Belleville Meat Market out there on Highway 36, about 15 minutes north of Sealy, 15 minutes south of Hempstead, right out there today. Oh, we're getting some puffy white clouds up north of me now. It'll be shady on that patio out there either way. Got a nice breeze blowing through there all the time. Get yourself a big old barbecue sandwich, a beverage of your choice to wash it down. And then while you're eating all that, get them to, to fill out a meat order for you for the next week or two. Everything you want to throw on the grill, throw in the frying pan, throw in the oven for the next 10, 12 days. Get some of those appetizers too. Get some of those handmade tamales and learn your way across the street to the Wild Game Processing Building, which processes year-round. But in hunting season coming up, it's going to be devoted to wild game processing. If you can't get there, go online. Put a little drool bib on the keyboard before you do. Go online and find yourself something to send through the online ordering system to someone you really, really care about or just to yourself. Hey, maybe you care about you more than anybody else. Treat yourself. Ah, present from me to me. And in a couple of days, you'll be surprised because there'll be something on your door that's very, on your doorstep, that's very delicious and ready to eat or heat or however you want to consume it. BellevilleMeatMarket.com, about 15 minutes north of Sealy, 15 minutes south of Hempstead on 36. BellevilleMeatMarket.com. We'll break and be back. 790. This is Sports Talk 790. Houston Sports Online at Sports790.com. Back. Back to the Doug Pike Show. Sports Talk 790, the Doug Pike Show. Thank you for listening. Certainly do appreciate it. Thanks, Office Depot, for offering me a discount on stuff I don't need right now. That's okay. Boy, I get a lot of email from them. I may, I'm debating whether or not to stay on that list. I just I don't get in there that often. And um, I'd rather see emails from other people, I guess, mostly from you guys. 713-212-5790. Email me, DougPike at iHeartMedia.com. Speaking of the devil, applying some chapstick after becoming fairly dehydrated behind a round of golf yesterday. It was hot. Not so hot that we couldn't play, but doggone it got it got tough hacking it out of the rough. That made it very, very difficult. Had a couple of shots that I thought were going to be flyers that ended up kind of not flying. And... Hit one shot. When it came off, I thought, boy, this is going to be perfect. Had a little jumper in there, though, and uh, flew it right over the top of the flag and about 8 to 10 yards long and just trickled off the back. Thank you very much, golf course. Rick Bice, uh, was a little local sporting goods yesterday, noted warning label on the cane poles. Good heavens. Coating on this particular, coating on this, 
property may be hazardous to your health to include but not limited to allergic reactions. What in the heck are they putting on cane poles? I don't know. I don't know, but they do varnish them, I guess. Maybe that's maybe that's something to do with it. I can't imagine what else would be. I guess, you know, there's warning labels on everything. What's, what's the warning label for? Does it just say, like, Proposition 65? I have no idea. It just says he was in a local sporting goods store yesterday and noticed a, a warning label on the cane poles. Coating on this property may be hazardous to your health to include, but I'm going to take my chances with the cane pole. It's not like I'm gnawing on it like a squirrel or a guinea pig or something or a hamster. I'm just catching fish with it. Some, you know, that's just one of those things where somebody somewhere had some sort of reaction. And so now the lawyers jumped in and everybody's got to do stuff. Oh, well, Phil Mickelson, you all know the name. On one of his recent fireside chats with Phil, or fireside with Phil chats, he had Podrick Harrington on there. A lot of you have heard of Podrick Harrington, also a very well-known, very well-respected member of the Majors Winners group, great golfer, been around a long time. I've always admired the way he goes about his business and, and does what he does. And the two of them were discussing a bet they had years ago at the Singapore Open. And the bet was, I believe, which of them would shoot the lower round on that day and the wager was a very simple one, or I'm sure it sounded like it in the, in the front end. Winner gets to pick the dinner spot and loser buys. Simple, right? So they're in Singapore. Harrington loses the bet to Phil. Phil, of course, selects the finest, as he would have anyway, selects the finest steakhouse in Singapore and they show up for dinner and he's got his caddy with him. And I think maybe one or two other people, Harrington's got two or three people with him as I'm sure these guys would have under any other circumstances. It was not unusual there. Harrington recalls being ushered to a private room, which also is probably something those guys are accustomed to doing. And notices that he is in the sommelier room, the wine room of this fancy steakhouse. Not being a wine drinker, he doesn't think much about the bottles that are being opened as before dinner wines and then during dinner wines. And there's still a few more bottles being opened. And then it's brought to the attention of Phil and Padraig that there's a young man there. 18 years old, which is the age of adulthood in Singapore. And maybe he would like a bottle of wine. So Phil sends him a bottle of wine. And then a second bottle later on to celebrate this young man's entry into legal drinking age. He and his friends are all there. So they've had a couple of bottles. And as Harrington remembers, yeah, Ali, I bet that kid thinks Phil Mickelson's the coolest guy in the world for buying me two bottles of wine. And when in reality... Harrington's paying for those two bottles of wine and for dinner, which totaled the way Harrington described it, five figures, five figures. And when Harrington said, yeah, and 
And if I recall, Phil, that dinner cost me five figures. To which Phil Mickelson goes, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Five grand, 10 grand, 12 grand. Who cares? Whatever. It's just money. I, I don't think I've broke $300 buying someone dinner. You know, yeah, it'd be... Been there, done that more than once, but never, not me anyway, never had more than a... I've never had a $1,000 dinner tab that I had to cover. And I've been in... Now, I've been in rooms where... We, we, the people around the table, broke a grand pretty easily, and everybody ponied up their share, but that was for some really good food in some really nice places. But 10 grand for six people to have dinner, six, seven, eight, and, and buy a couple of bottles of wine for a young man? At least. He said five. I'm thinking it's a little bit more than just a flat 10. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, five figures. That's, that, could, that covers a lot of ground. But it establishes a bottom end, you know. It establishes at least two digits in front of the comma. And and this is for what? Would you say five people? Yeah, no, probably probably six. No, probably seven or eight at least. But that's still over a thousand dollars a person. Oh yeah, 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 easily. Hmm. So nice to have that kind of money. Phil's a he's a gambler. He'll take his chances. And like they both pointed out in that fireside with Phil chat. Of course, wagering amongst the tour players is 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 frowned upon, and it's not supposed to happen. So it doesn't doesn't anymore. I think they there must be some statute of limitations that allowed them to talk about that one particular incident way over in Singapore. May not even been a probably wasn't in fact a PGA tour event. I'll go talk to him. What's up, Greg Burlocker? It's got to be Burlocker. Hey, Doug. Uh, I wanted to put a little context around that story about the Singapore dinner. Yeah, come on. Uh, my oldest son lives there, has for the last eight years, and uh, uh, it's an extremely expensive place to live. He went over with one of the major engineering companies um, here, and they paid him a cost of living adjustment. Um, his apartment cost six thousand dollars a month oh my god and he leased an rx3 car the car lease was 1200 a month god. and when you when you boil this down you go to a uh, an establishment you might pay 12 to 18 dollars for one miller light so really when you're talking about the level of restaurant that phil was at and you're not buying you know your your grocery store bottle of, of red wine. Oh, certainly not. You know that might be a thousand, two thousand dollar bottle of wine. Well, holy cow! <laughs> they they probably went through ten thousand dollars a bottle of wine before they got to dinner. So, oh my uh, word! Yeah, I didn't think yeah. about that. That's yeah, that's it, a it's lot of money. Yeah, everything is you know uh, regulated there, and it's it's pretty expensive. So on Tentosa where they live. That's where the amusement parks and the cruise ships, and it's also where the uh, the country club is. There's there's one there, and you know uh, the, the initiation fees are I think a quarter million. It might be up to a half. Million. Oh Lord! So just to put that in yeah, context, okay, yeah, that's it. a good point. Yeah. Thanks. So y'all have a great day, Doug. Talk to you soon. Thank you, Greg. Yeah, let's visit All again right. soon. See you, buddy. Bye bye. That's Greg Burlocker. Watch for his name under some of the best outdoor writing you'll see. 
Well, you just watch for it. He uh, he turned me on to a couple of places out kind of close to where I live that have bass in them. There's there's a couple I've tried and a couple I've yet to try. I got to get to that. Uh, turn your head, Chris. What's up, Jeff? Morning, Doug. Uh, any any word on what they were drinking? I think just about everything, whether it's from France or Napa Valley, is going to be more expensive over there. Even yeah. if it was from, even if it was good stuff from Australia, which can be wonderful too. Yeah, Greg pointed. Greg noted that in what he was talking about, his sons over there and paying six thousand dollars a month for an apartment and twelve hundred dollars to lease a car. So that's that kind of gives you an idea how much all of that costs. Oh uh, yeah, I I don't know that now that I don't know that they had that much delivered to the table. It's just that the cost is so much higher, but still, ten grand plus for dinner. It didn't seem like a whole lot. I was thinking it was going to be upwards of twenty thousand dollars. Not that I'm an expert anymore, but I'm thinking <laughs> if, if they're just kind of waving their hand and they're bringing the best wine available in whatever category, that the cost was no, our price was no option. Not or, well, no, it, no object for those guys. Object, yeah, yeah, I, they don't care. That's just remarkable, but yeah, that's in good more more power to them. You know, was it Kobe beef, or did they specify with that or not? They should as a steakhouse. If I'm dropping better than ten grand, they better bring a whole cow. I guess it's not Kobe unless you're in Japan, but you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah, yeah, I do. All right, hey, thank you, Jeff. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, man. Bye bye. Yeah, cost of living in some places a whole lot higher than here. There are some things to be thankful for. We can go to a fine steakhouse here and. And even have a few bottles of wine and not get that far north. That's a big one. That's a big one. All right, we got to take this little break at the bottom. We'll be right back. Your Rockets and Astros live here. We are Sports Talk 790. The conversation continues. This is the Doug Pike Show. Appreciate it. Dan in said he picked up a, what was it, $1,300 dinner tab once? For, or no, $500 for 13 people, I think he said, something like that. I don't remember exactly, but it was a lot of money for not a lot of people. An old friend of mine years ago said, I picked up a $2,000 dinner tab once and then promptly put it down. Picked it up, looked at it, and promptly put it down. Yeah, I could see. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I can see that. 713-212-5790. Email me, Doug Pike at iHeartMedia.com. There's that. I've got to, uh, I'm going through some emails real quick. There's that. That's good. We'll get to that in a minute. I'll get that for her. All right. Going back to some more stuff. Um, offshore, one more time real quickly. I don't know if you know what lionfish are, but lionfish are here an invasive species. They have found their way all around the – they started in the, in the aquarium 
business. They were being captured halfway around the world and being sold in into aquariums as a very, it's a very cool looking fish. No question about it. But it gets pretty big. It gets up to several pounds and is dangerous as can be. And oh, by the way, will eat so much and is such a threat that it, it kind of can mess up the ecosystem on the reefs it inhabits. They have found their way into the Gulf of Mexico. They have found their way to the flower gardens and to Held Bank out there off our Texas coast. And so now are being speared as fast as we can get them. In the most recent spearing event took place just a couple of weeks ago out there. <clears throat> pardon me. I got a little something stuck in my throat. Anyway, the bottom line is there were 22 people, trained volunteer divers who received permits to spear these things, these lionfish, out there on the reef. Four-day event, and they came back with a hundred, well, actually totaled 237 of them. 138 from the East Flower Garden Bank, 55 from West Flower Garden Bank, 44 from Stetson, and that's about it. I think that totals up the way it should. They have to get these things out of there because they are dangerous. Fortunately, we don't have them close in around here as they are in some parts of the world because if you step on one of these things or you grab one not knowing what it is, the spines on the back of that thing are highly venomous. And they will either really hurt you or kill you. You don't want any part of those things. But they are beautiful fish. I'll give them that. But very dangerous. So look them up. And if, you ever, if you're a diver and you ever happen to see one, don't pet it. Just don't pet it. 713-212-5790. Email me, DougPike at iHeartMedia.com. I mentioned earlier in the program that the red snapper season is going to come to an end. The one that was supposed to last 97 days is going to come to a grinding halt after, what, June, July? About half of that, um, if that, maybe a little bit more. June, July, yeah, about two-thirds of it. We got more than we have in, in years past, certainly. Still fighting uh, a, a dreadful two-fish limit. I don't understand why. In the, well, I guess the Parks and Wildlife Department's got to toe the line until we can prove to the federal managers that indeed the states are smarter than the feds in managing this fishery and that the snapper fishery off Texas is way different than that off of Florida. I think eventually we will, if we keep playing by these rules for a little bit longer, I think we will see that longer season. And I might, I'm kind of going out on a limb here, but maybe just maybe, we will get a little relaxation on that two-fish limit. The, the double-edged sword that we chase here or that we try to avoid here is that by going to two-fish, uh, we have stopped keeping the smaller snapper and targeted the bigger ones. And since the quota that we're allocated is by pounds and not numbers, Catching those heavier fish gets us to that number faster. If the limit were four and they put, for example, a maximum length limit on them, that might protect for a couple of years those bigger spawning fish, the more uh, capable spawners, 
the more prolific spawners, if that's the case with snapper, I don't know. But I would guess it is. At least certainly past a certain limit, they're going to be really good at it. If they're anything like redfish, it's the big ones that do do the, the lion's share of the work. And wouldn't that be nice if we could just take a couple of years to supercharge that stock and maybe uh, maybe get them to talk about the maybe get them to talk about changing the allocation. That's down the line. Dub season is not. We're barely a month away. We're barely a month away. A month and four or five days. That's about it. And if you're not ready, you might want to get that way. Rick Bice sent an email just a second ago. What was he said here? Noticing more and more doves, especially white wings. This is a guy who drives around the state for a living. He buys and sells ranches for a living. Great corn, maize, milo crop this year in our general area. Look for a good dove hunt around here. Start getting in line, too, because the outfitters are going to start spreading word that they've got more doves than they've seen in a long time. And if you're not in line and already got a couple of dollars on them, yeah, you might want to might want to get that done pretty quickly. Larry asked me to talk about the new boat kill switch law going into effect September 1. Yep, it's got to be there. Um, oh, I wish he had put that in there because I don't have it in front of me. I'll make a note of that for tomorrow for sure. Boat, or maybe if we've got a little time here at the end of the program, kill switch. I can find the research and make sure of exactly which boats to which that will apply. In fact, I'll do that now. Let's go ahead and take this last break. I'll do a little research during uh, betwixt here and then, and we'll talk about kill switches, which you don't really need on your, your kayak because if you're out of the boat, that power source is kind of gone now, isn't it? It shouldn't go away from you. There might not It might not be a bad idea, though, for a lot of these guys who fall out of kayaks to maybe take the surfer's advice and just have a little leash. So the thing's not going to get far from you. The last thing you want if you fall in the water, PFD or not, is to watch that boat get swept away from you and leave you to just bob like a popping cork out there. We'll take a little break. We'll be right back. The Doug Pike Show on Sports Talk 790. This is Sports Talk 790. On the go with iHeartRadio. Friends, you've got to try it. The conversation continues. This is the Doug Pike Show. Nine forty-eight on Sports Talk seven ninety, the Doug Pike Show. Thank you for listening. Certainly do appreciate it. I have um, I found the story, and uh, we'll tell you what's going on with this kill switch law. I, I couldn't remember the exact length of the boats that are involved. Twenty-six feet and shorter boats that are equipped with a kill switch. It's going to have to be used. A kill switch. If you're not sure what that means is a switch that can either be it can either be manual and something you physically attach to your belt that's physically attached by a little cord to the engine ignition switch. Essentially what it does is it just turns the boat off if you get thrown out of that steering that captain position. If you're if you're running the boat and you get tossed out for some reason you hit a stump or there's something else underwater or Somehow the wheel gets jerked for whatever reason and you're tossed away from that steering station, that control of the throttle and the steering, the engine stops and the boat stops. 
What happens if there's not, there also, by the way, are wireless kill switches available from a couple of different brands that can be, that are acceptable under this new law. Auto Tether is one of them, uh, according to this story. F-E-L-L, Marine Man Overboard is a wireless kill switch model. What happens if you don't have that kill switch is that the boat motor continues to run at whatever speed you were moving. And what happens because of the torque of the engine and the torque of the prop, not the engine, but the prop, it starts that thing in a spiral, in a circle. The boat is just running full speed in a tight circle. And that propeller is going to come back around. It's the, the phenomenon has actually been called the death spiral for very good reason to these statistics, uh, grisly and ugly as they may be, even from 2017, were that there were 172 boat accidents. Let me double check where and where is it? It's a little farther down in this story. There it is. Recreational boating statistics, according to the U.S. Coast Guard, in this country in 2017, 172 boating accidents nationwide in which at least one person and sometimes more were struck by a powered propeller. Okay. 162 injuries, 31 deaths. So 193 people total out of those 172 accidents. And it ended really, really badly for 31 of them and their families. The other 162, it doesn't give the severity of the injuries. But I can tell you, having seen photographs of people and animals that have been hit, that poor manatees down in Florida get hit by boats, uh, not as often as they used to because there are specific manatee zones where you have to slow down. But you've got to envision this propeller turning at several thousand RPMs. It's like a, it's like a blender blade, only it's much bigger and cuts much deeper. And if it happens to hit you, it's going gonna, it's gonna to do a lot of damage very quickly. It's uh, a good law. Uh, sometimes I'm not 100% in favor of some of the laws that are set out there for our own safety because they, they maybe overstep the boundaries of common sense, but, but this one's a good one. This one's a very good one. I like that law because it's going to save some lives. There's no question about it. And it's also, even if it doesn't kill you, this is still going to save some serious injuries and even some minor injuries. You just flat don't want to get cut up like this, and especially deep cuts, especially in salt water these days. We've got enough to worry about. We've got Vibrio out there giving us trouble. And there have been a couple of people have died this year from that while while that's fresh on my mind, I will note on the Vibrio front that while it is a, it can be a devastating thing, um, as long as you're careful, as long as you cover any exposed wounds when you get in the water, as long as you are a, an otherwise healthy person, you should be okay. You have to remember that there are only a few dozen cases across the Gulf of Mexico each year. And if you stop and think of how many people are in the water doing so many things throughout that time, it, it, the odds are, are overwhelmingly in your favor that you're going to be okay. If you're getting a little older, 
If you have any sort of compromise to your immune system, if you have any significant breaks in your skin that's going to be in the water, you might want to rethink it. I'm not trying to scare anybody out of the water, but I'm just telling you to be aware. And if you do, if you want to get in the water, that's that's fine. But just when you get out, as soon as you get out, make sure you wash yourself with soap and water. You don't have to carry bleach on board. You don't have to carry hydrogen peroxide. I've interviewed enough surgeons about this who know a lot more than I do who, who say that good soap and water, a good cleansing, you don't, you don't just throw it on and wash it off. It's just like when surgeons wash their hands, they, they keep that soap and water on their hands for a couple of minutes to let it do its job. My suggestion in a boat or in the back of your pickup truck is to carry a gallon jug of water and one of those little bottles of antibacterial soap. Tape, put duct tape around them both so they don't get lost or misplaced or one's away from the other and you can't find them. Have them in a specific spot, and if you have any question about anything that's on you, any scrape or cut or whatever, just get those two things out and take care of business. Make sure that you're around to listen to the show next week, will you? There were a couple of stories this week about some, uh, one was about an older fella, and I mean older than me, which he's an older fella, who ended up dying from a Vibrio infection this year. And it's it's sad. It's, it's terribly sad when anybody goes like that. Uh, but he did have uh, one of the qualifying uh, medical conditions that kind of hurt his chances. We just have to be careful. I'm not going to quit fishing. I'm not going to quit wade fishing. I'm not going to quit doing any of that stuff. But I'm so much more aware than I used to be back in the days when if you had a real bad scrape on your knee, the best thing you could do was go to the beach and get that salt water on it. Nowadays, the doctors, if you have, if you have cuts and scrapes that aren't healing like they should, one of the things that they will recommend is a chlorine bath. Chlorine, according to uh, my son's pediatrician's nurse, a, a woman I trust implicitly, that chlorine bath, in a, just a dip in the swimming pool, will, will kill most of the germs you would encounter in some of these playground areas and, and other places where kids gather. You know, just a dip in the pool, not a bad thing from time to time. Let chlorine do the job for you. If only, if only... The Gulf of Mexico were a big chlorine pool. I'd be in it all the time, make them and 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 using the excuse that it was making me healthier, keeping those keeping those old ugly spots, helping them heal. That's what I'll go with. All right, we are just close to wrapping up. I've got a couple of minutes. A reminder: I'll go over uh, a, a recap, if you will, of the days. Let me see if I can find the good stuff here. There's that. There's that. I'm missing some stuff. I'm already missing a page, and we haven't even hardly done anything today. Where did this thing go? Oh, here it is right here. So, to recap, we have, what, a month and two days to dove season. We know that the red snapper season will end on, at midnight, The going into, I believe it's August 2nd. We know that lionfish were speared in great number. Now, the good news about the lionfish spearing, four days of spearing this year, uh, resulted in fewer lionfish than in previous years, so hopefully they're making a fat dent in that and they can get rid of all of them. We have learned, oh, I, I had that golf round with uh, 
Jack Del Rio and Sean Salisbury yesterday. That was a lot of fun. I uh, didn't play my best golf. Why? Because they let the I'm gonna I'm gonna take up a, a collection at Golf Club of Houston next time I'm out there, and we're gonna get them enough money to mow that rough. Holy cow! They've got a big tournament coming up, and they really let it grow. That was pretty rough. It was very rough. We've learned that Phil Mickelson and Podrick Harrington don't care a tinker's hoot about a $10,000-plus dinner tab. They laughed about it. I wouldn't have been laughing if I'd have dropped ten grand on dinner after losing a bet to anybody. Already you're going to run me off? Ross is ready to go. I know he is. He's got a lot of sports stuff to talk about. All right, we'll be back doing more hunting and fishing tomorrow, more golf tomorrow, and um, see who's leading that tournament over there at St. Jude in Memphis. That's it for me. I'm out of here. Adios. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.